Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We. Are back Woo! It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 115, the day after conference weekend has completed. My name is Brandon Owen. You're joined with me, as always, your man, my man, everybody's fan man, Ben, the Law Dog Watson. What's up, Ben? Man, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Can you hear my voice? Woo! What a weekend, though. What a great weekend. What a freaking weekend. weekend. I tell you one thing, though. We got a lot of them qualifiers now to look forward to. Now, next... Selection, what, Wednesday or whatever it is? Selection Thursday? Whenever they, I think it might be Wednesday when they come out with the rest of them qualifiers. But, man, we are so damn close to NCAA brackets. I can feel it in my, boi- my, my boins. Your boins. I, I was going to say bones, and then that? I was going to say loins. That's a, I don't even know what a boin is, but I don't, <laughs> don't want to see your boin. I can feel it in my boins, baby. I'm here to talk to some wrestling. Ben's got boins. <laughs> I'm here to talk to some wrestling. Dude, I'm geeked. I'm so pumped. I don't know, like... Conference weekend might be like one of my favorite weekends like of the year, especially when it comes to wrestling. Look, I get the national tournament, but you, you start to see conference weekend. What we talk about happens at the national tournament that dude, all these dudes, everybody's been sleeping on all years. They've been having bad years. They're just kind of taking it easy here and there, having some bad losses, maybe not wrestling to the way you think they're going to wrestle. And then they suddenly just wake up. It's, it's postseason time. And then you got these other dudes out there that say, you know what? I'm going to catch you sleeping. Like Ooh, like Dave I'm McFadden a, get beat by Jake Wenzel one sixty five. He's had a finals. He's had SEC tournament. Interesting season. He's gonna be a bad matchup for somebody early on because he ain't gonna be a high seed. McFadden? You no, know? they're gonna they're, nah, they're gonna hit him. They're gonna hit him hard. That's what I mean. He ain't gonna be a high seed. I mean, he'll be a top eight seed. Ooh, I don't know about that. I know. Well, let's yeah. see. Uh, when you look at wait, wait, oh, here we go. We're I'm just saying. Going. No, no. We're, saying, going. we're getting into it. When you start, this is a great weight class to actually talk about this. And we're gonna get into it, Ben. But when you look at that weight class, like the top ten ranked guys, Kennedy Monday went zero and two at conference. Kennedy Monday went zero and two. He was like ranked eighth in the country. All right, Evan Wick didn't even wrestle. He had a coronavirus or some shit. Oh, oh, I don't know what it was, but it was you know he didn't wrestle. Dave McFadden gets beat up. So, it's going to get interesting. You know, Josh Shields obviously lost to Griffith. We're going to talk about that a I'm not bit. sure. I'm so, just saying. So, so, and we'll talk about this later, but based on what I'm looking at, neither Wick nor, um, uh, who were we just talking about? McFadden. McFadden are in the top six. I, I, I can't be right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But there's, it's worth the conversation. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about it. So, anyway. Before we do, let's take care of that business. The Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 115. You guys can find us on Twitter at The Inside Trip One, social media, other places, Facebook, The Inside Trip, Instagram, The Inside Trip. Um, there's really not a lot to follow, but just go out there and uh, do it anyway because it makes us look better. Um, send us an email, TheInsideTripOne at gmail.com. We've gotten some emails lately. We appreciate them. Thank you very much. As for you, Larry Hoffner. Um, I guess, you know, we can both be right and we can both be wrong. Larry, we'll talk about that later. Our boy Larry. Larry loves you. Larry loves me. I'm on that juice. 
He, he said if he was a hundred years younger, he'd come out here and want to bar hop with you. I, I, I drink beers with Larry all damn. He said he wanted to day. hop on your boins. No, stop it, Larry's the man. <laughs> anyway, we also um, got some reviews though, hot dog. And for the podcast itself, you guys know where to find it. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, all that good stuff. Keep doing what you're doing. Go out there, find it. Um, subscribe. If you guys want to download, go ahead and do it. Though, you know, my, if we keep doing three-hour podcasts, it's going to take up some space on your phone. Um, but at, at minimum, just subscribe to it, listen, and uh, give us a rate and a review if you haven't done so already. I appreciate all them listeners last week. We had a nice little, nice little following last week. So people, people, people are just like people sleeping on other people in the wrestling. People were sleeping on the podcast, and they finally were like, "Oh, it's tournament time. We got to listen to this old freaking two hour and twenty minute podcast." Holy shit! That's when they know we have to eat a bunch of crow about Ohio State. Usually, so that's when all them Pennsylvania people tune in. That's right. Hey, we got. But we did. Uh, oh, speaking go of Pennsylvania, though. Hey, congratulations! We love our Penn State fans. So we want to give you all a big round of applause. A little congratulations. Top five. You finished top five Big Ten tournament. Top dude. Did they sneak in? Honestly. Top five? They kind of snuck in? No. Nah, I mean, look, the bottom line is this. I, I feel like we, we knock on Penn State a lot. You know, we're hard on them. Right. So we, when they we, do we well. We could have extended this out a little bit before you started justifying and explaining. No, it. when they do well, like finishing in the top five, we got to give them props. Oh, 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. well, absolutely. Like, honestly, hey, congrats, Kale. You are earning that cheddar, baby. Oh, man. I, I tell you what, I didn't know if they could do it, but they did. That's nice. It's nice, you know, because it makes the Big Ten look good. You know, we don't want to. We don't want. We don't want the SoCon to be known as better than the Big Ten wrestling right. tournament. Penn State was slipping a little bit, but they're back now. They're, they're back. back. They're in they're the back. top five again. Sugar Shack is back. All is right with the world. <laughs> yeah, baby, I love it. God, I want. It. I love it. More we love anything. you guys. We really do because we know we're gonna take some crow here in a couple of weeks. No, nope, so. I'm not taking any crow. <laughs> You're taking something. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Ben, look, man, we got so much to talk about this weekend. Um, I'm not sure how you want to do this or where we want to start, but. I got to read reviews first. Are we reading reviews? Yeah, I got to read some reviews. They snuck in. They they got they finished above like Purdue. The by, mail reviews by, by about twenty some points, but that's not that many. <laughs> what? They outplaced Purdue. Yeah, it was All it was right. tight. Man, Purdue's look good this year. Review time from the Mister Amazing. Don't know who this is. Could, who could this be? Simi, partly, mostly. If you like well articulated, professional, unbiased discussions about sports. This is not your podcast. And all cap, on all caps, <laughs> this is the wrong podcast for you. I don't even need to go out and look at this shit. Thanks, Chris Christian. If Chris you are Christian looking to son. hear the opinion, Christensen, sorry. If you're looking to hear the opinion of some of some semi-biased, partly drunk, mostly fun-loving dudes from Ohio, this is the place for you. Well, that is totally true. This is the place for you. Another one. We love you, Chris, by from the way. 23BT23. I appreciate you uh, not only being our... Podcast listener, our our NCAA wrestling championship buddy to meet up with, our co participant in the fantasy wrestling league. We just appreciate you, and I'm glad we got a new person to finish last in the fantasy wrestling this year. Oh. I even got a bobblehead doll just for you that says, "I suck at fantasy wrestling." I like when he gets super hammered and starts getting on the group chat. <laughs> I can't understand a thing he says. <laughs> it's like he's speaking a different language. This next one from twenty three BT twenty three. I'm interested in your take on this. I'm going to read the uh, – it's a five-star. Okay. And, and I'm going to read the uh, tagline first. Good change of pace from FRL. We're definitely a change of pace. We're actually, we have pace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ryan Morningstar and, and Nick Lee. I mean, there's no comparison. Oh. Listen to FRL for quite some time and was looking for another podcast to hear another perspective on wrestling. You guys do a cool, relaxed show to drink beer to. I like the way you read these, Ben. Got a few pointers. Pointers, all right. Gable, 
Stevenson, Luhan, Luhan, not Lujan. Hydley is Hyde Lee. So he's basically correcting our ability to say names. You know what? So let me give you my He opinion. gave us a five star, so I don't give I a love shit. It. Let me, I'll give you my oh, Hold on, let me finish the review. Okay, all right, do that. Love what you guys are doing from out here in Colorado. OH. Hard to yell at the guy about that. No, I'm, I'm not going to yell at him. He's right. It's a great review. I appreciate it. As far as the names, listen, guys, I don't put the N in Gable's last name, all right? I just don't. It might be the Midwest accent. Who knows? It might be my tone low, deep voice. I probably I did know. at some point. I know you do. In fact, the last I don't episode. Do it now. In fact, the last episode before that, I think I made it a point to say Gable the entire time because people always say that that there's no N in Stevenson. Yeah, I'm not saying Stevenson now. But you do say Lujan, and no. I say Lujan. So, no, I've always said Lujan. You say Lujan. Ben I got is it. saying Lujan. I've never said Lujan once. Yes, you have. I've never said Lujan once. Stop yelling at Mike. Yes, you have. I've never said Lujan. And that's once. when I, I start to slip. We go back and forth. Okay. And look, Never as far as uh, as far as Hydley goes, nah, that that ain't the way that shit spelled. spelled. Right. I'm sp- it ain't spelled right. It's, it's Hidley. It's Hidley. So you're you're, you're SOL on that. Okay, so bad we ain't changing that one. Now, nah, twenty three uh, BT twenty three. Thank you for the review, um, and I appreciate you giving us a listen um, and saying that we're a little change of pace from FRL. Definitely a, a little bit of a different podcast. Hey, you know what? I'm, I listen to FRL every once in a while too, so I ain't gonna be ain't gonna yell at you. <clears throat> Last one from Wrestling Live Here. Where? I don't know. Larry Sun here. The title is It's Fun. All right. All right. I like Listen this. to you guys while doing work around the farm. It's entertaining. My favorite episode are when Ohio State loses to PSU and you guys have to own it. Damn it. <laughs> I said this already. Is this Zane Rutherford's dad? It might. I wish. And I'm going to read this one again just because I really like it. You remember when Zane, they told that story about how he fell in love with wrestling because it was the only time he didn't have to work on their oh, farm? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was actually a really good interview. I think Richard Emmel did that one on bonus points. Um, and I'm reading this one again because I really love it, and we've already read it. From Super Bowl at one, vocabulary. My kids learned four new cuss words after the last episode. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, like you said the last time, it's rated E for explicit, not educational. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that review. It's awesome. Hey, thank you guys for listening and giving us reviews. I appreciate it. Um, it, it really means means a lot to us. You know, we do this um, for fun for ourselves, but we also do this because we hope other people enjoy listening to us uh, talk to some wrestling as much as as much as we do. So, I mean, that's your take. I do this to get laid. So, oh yeah, for my wife, <laughs> she, she's super impressed by our <laughs> podcast. I'm yeah. sure, but no, um, you know. But let me talk about this Larry Hoffner for a second. Okay, what do you don't don't be dissing my boy Larry. I'm not dissing him. We got this email from this dude named Larry Hoffner. I'm going to assume from Pennsylvania. He's definitely a Penn State fan. He ain't too happy. He loves Ben. He ain't too happy with me. He's called me a sucker and what else did he call me? He called me two words. Call you a punk? A sucker and a punk or so far. Like that? Yeah, something like that. Um, was in, I was out of love, baby. It's okay. Ben, I get it. Let me just tell a story real quick about your groupie before you get all defensive about your groupie. All right. I got to get my back. All right. So anyway, he got on me after the Iowa-Penn State duel because I said that, you know, uh, basically, uh, even though Vincenzo Joseph won the match, Alex Marinelli kind of uh, uh, dominated the action, the positions, and that, and, and that match the majority of the time. And had uh, the score been differently, then Vincenzo would have wrestled differently and all that kind of stuff because after uh, Marinelli got put to his back for six, he came back and I think outscored uh, Vincenzo like six to one or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Uh, and then he didn't also like my take for picking Kimmer either over Mark Hall. Um, and uh, he thinks that, you know, that was a bad take and that uh, ultimately Mark Hall is going to show up and win the title. And, uh, hey, listen, Larry, you and I, we're right and we're wrong. So Michael got him the first time. 
Mark calls back the second time. But me and Larry, we got a little bet. A little bet that says whoever finishes highest on the podium at NCAAs. What, wait. Between Mark Hall and Michael Kimmer. Oh. The other one's got to send. I got to send him a case of his favorite beer. If Mark Hall wins, is higher. He's got to send me a case of my favorite beer if uh, Michael Kimmer places higher. So, Larry, I'm excited. We got some. I'm not, not going to say I told you so about Marinelli, oh. but I kind of told you so. Um, but hey, listen, you 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 weren't wrong about Mark Hall. Now it's interesting. What's his favorite beer, Yingling? It's PA, so it's either Bush or Yingling, oh, uh, Larry, or a Rolling Rock. My favorite uh, beer is uh, actually Espelon Tequila, so a case of that will be just fine. <laughs> oh my God! All right, let's talk about some of this action. This Big Ten tournament was great. It was interesting because. If I recall, you know, there were certainly upsets, but I think the one and the two made the finals in most of the weight classes. I think all but maybe two um, where they made the finals. So the, the the intrigue was was there, and especially, in you know, even from the second round on, the intrigue was there. But a lot of these guys at least held serve till they got to the finals. But in the finals, we, we saw some action. I mean, some serious wrestling matches, ladies and gentlemen. It, it was a great time. Um I don't know exactly how you want to run this down. If you want to go by weight class and just kind of gloss over some of the ones that weren't quite as exciting, or, or what do you want to do? Or do you just want to talk about your favorite finals matches first, or what? I mean, I told you before we started, I didn't want to do a deep dive in just the Big Ten bracket, so. No, no, no. Um, I don't want to do that as well. I think, I don't know, man. Let's look. Let's just get to 133. Let's talk 133. I think uh, the top four seeds, also the top four guys in the country, minus a couple of dudes here and there. Um, you know, you had RBY, you got DeSanto, you got Seth Gross, and then you also got um, Sebastian Rivera. And uh, this weight class, I mean, was worth, worth the price of admission on its on its own. Um, there was a couple of things I found extremely, extremely interesting about this weight class, especially going into what we're getting ready to go into next week. And two of them was the fact that Seabass, Sebastian Rivera, rose to the top. He accepted the challenge, rose to the top. He earned that conference title at this weight class, um, not only going through Seth Gross, who I think beat him earlier in the year, yeah. um, also going through RBY, who's looked phenomenal this year. Um, so the huge story there. He had the hardest – I think he had the hardest road too because not only that, but you know, even in the second round he had to go against Piotrowski, who's, who's not a slouch in his own right. He definitely, I'd say, you know, he, had the hardest, he had the hardest road to navigate, and he did it impressively. I think they all had hard roads to travel. I mean, all of them had to beat two of the top four guys to win it. You know, if you, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, taking nothing away, uh, nothing away from Piotrowski. The other thing that I think is worth noting is that DeSanto. I think, yeah, yeah, you just whispered. It's Austin DeSanto. Look, through the semifinals, through the semifinals, after he beat Ridge Lovett one to nothing and lost to RBY, he didn't have a single takedown in the tournament yet, and then he scored seven total points all weekend. This isn't the same DeSanto we saw back in November, December. Yeah, so so after he, he, you know he beat up on Jordan Decatur, he did obviously he took him down, but after that match, he, I mean, he, he kind of got blanked, and I don't think he looked himself. I think that I, I hate to say it, but I think people are kind of figuring him out. Which it's it's hard to say that people can figure a guy out when they've seen he's a junior and he's you know he's still pretty similar in the way he wrestles. He hasn't really changed much. He's got a great carry. He's actually added a nice high crotch where if he doesn't get the carry. and um, Single leg, too. His, yeah, his single leg's nice, but it leaves a little something to be desired against the top guys with his ability to finish. You know, Ridge Lovett, just a really, I mean, he's just a, he, he's a tough dude. I don't know why. I, uh, Ridge Lovett took top, DeSanto took neutral. Yep. So he beat him 1-0. 
no ability to score there against against RBY. He he really didn't come that close to scoring a takedown. Now he got in on some legs, but RBY was completely fine with getting in on the single leg. What RBY wanted to avoid was the shots to DeSantos or the, uh, the shots to RBY's left leg, which would have been a high crotch or carry to DeSanto because DeSanto's left leg lead. He was able to avoid them all except for one. One time DeSanto did get on, in on that high C. He was able to fend himself off. DeSanto got in on the legs a couple times single-wise. RBY seemed complacent giving up those single legs. Um, he wasn't too he was. concerned about that. I mean, I think RBY's, look, first of all, I don't even know where to go with this match. Congrats to RBY for winning that match. I mean, he won it fair and square. Um, he had a, a, a game plan that, that took away, again, DeSanto's his his best stuff. Um, I don't I don't like it. Okay, I think that Desanto look Desanto did a lot in that match. He couldn't finish stuff. He couldn't. You're absolutely right there. Yeah, he, he, he did gave, a lot in that match. Right I, I'm saying right now it, it was probably what 15 to one in shots attempted. Uh, the difference in that match was the 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 double right off the you know the, right off the get uh, the RBY got against DeSanto and then after that he didn't do anything and, and I don't understand still to this still to to now how there wasn't a single stall call against him I just don't get it yeah we, we you and I were both a little bit of floor, little floored about that and and even going back and watching that match again I, I'll agree that I think a stall call was warranted you know but 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 the bottom line is I, I guess the biggest the biggest key we have to discuss is there's there's two things one. Is what RBY does with his right arm or left arm by keeping it behind his back considered stalling because people use the word he does not engaging. But just you don't have to touch a guy. He's still in there. He's not backing up. He's touching him with every other portion of his hand. He's not wrestling on a knee completely. Now, you know, he'll drop to a knee every once in a while. But why does he why is why does he have to give his left arm to somebody to be considered engaging? That's not, you know, well, the bigger key is this, and what DeSantos failed to be able to figure out lately is if he can't get to that inside tie with his right hand on the other person's left arm, he looks lost. He looks like, I don't know what to do. He'll shoot a single leg, especially against a guy like RBY. RBY was able to either beat him to the corner or, you know, uh, shinways are out of it every time. He came at him hard at the end, you know, and he fired off a lot of these weird-ass shots. And yes, I think that there should have been he should have been banged for stalling, but I, I'm not I don't I don't subscribe to the camp that if you're doing everything else but you're keeping your left leg left arm a little back. So was he you're doing stalling. anything else though, Ben? Honestly, you said you went back and watched the match. Yeah, I mean he was maintaining center for the most part. Yeah, yeah. But was DeSanto was bull else? rushing him a lot. Was he? I said I would have banged him for stalling I, I, for sure. I know, I know what you said. I just sat here and listened to you. You know. Was he really doing everything, though? Was RBY as engaging as DeSanto was? Was his first concern keeping the arm back and away from DeSanto, or was it looking for his own attacks? I don't know. I'm but that's not, not the test. I don't care. You know, what's the difference between keeping one arm back like that and wrestling from one knee? I don't know. Right. The fact is that they've defined the rule for the one knee. They haven't defined right. it for the, for the one arm back. Um, if it was freestyle, is that passivity? I don't know. Probably. They're going to hit you for that. If, if, yeah, I think the bigger concern is him not taking as many shots. He didn't take any yeah, shots. If he was, it's if, hard to take a shot with one arm behind your back. If he was taking shots, well, one, if you lower your level and then bring that 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 arm back and then take a shot, okay, I'm all right with it. I'm all right with I'm all right with the tactic. I'm not all right with the tactic the way Roman Bravo, Roman Bravo Young deployed it at this point because I do believe that he should have been hit. All right, I, I, mean, I don't know. I get you. No, um, but great. Listen. 
Overall, though, great tournament for Seabass. I think he just locked himself up the top seed at Nationals with this tournament. Um, I don't know how you would give it to anyone else. No, he's definitely going to be the number one seed. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, his only loss this year is to Gross, and he, and he reversed it. I, I think what what we need to really give props about Rivera on is that he, he got taken down first in both his semifinals match and his finals match, both two really great opponents. And to be able to keep the poise and the fortitude men- mentally to say, all right, I know I was taken down. You know, a lot of times you hear that stat, especially in high school, the first guy gets the first takedown wins a significant amount of the time. Rivera was able to flip that not only on a national champ, but also a returning All-American. And not only did he flip it, he beat Roman Bravo Young up. After that first takedown, Rivera got a takedown, beautiful ankle pick. Yep, and then he held was, the leg yeah, up. Yeah, he was very, very um, mathematical, meticulous methodical. with it. Yeah, methodical, methodical great word. Uh, took Not him down, <laughs> and then he went to town on top. He gave him a riding. He rode RBY out the entire third period and even put him on his back once when RBY got up and he kind of threw him back down. I think Very so. impressed. Uh, yeah, I really liked what he did with that ankle pick because if I recall correctly, he, he hit that ankle pick. Um, and, and RBY is so difficult to finish on, but he kind of held that leg up in the air, kind of held onto that leg, kept he it climbed up in the, the air. Rope. Yeah, so he couldn't, he couldn't scramble out of that. Um, I think Sebastian Rivera... RBY and Sebastian Rivera are a lot alike. It's just everything that RBY does well, Sebastian Rivera does a bit better. Um, they both ride well. I think Rivera rides better. Um, Rivera's oh, yeah. hard to get ridden. Um, and then, obviously, he's got attacks for days. So, um, I, this weight class is going to be fun to see take place next week. Um, it, We're going to add a couple other guys into the mix. Mickey Philippi, Chaz Tucker. You know? I mean, there's going to be some... It's going to be a battle, and I, seating's going to be after after the top maybe one or two seeds. It's going to get pretty dicey for the seating committee. Oh, absolutely! I think that it's going to be Rivera, Gross, and then from there on out, you can kind of make a determination. How about one forty one though? This rivalry that we've oh, all been man. waiting for all year that we've seen great matches on, you know, just kind of tilted the other way. Now Luke Pletcher avenges his loss to Nick Lee. I think he won what seven to six or something like that. It was close. Six five. Six five. Yeah. Great match. Uh, oh my goodness. Their matches are going to be phenomenal every time they wrestle and I hope we get to see one more. Um, but hats off to him for going out there and getting the job done and reversing that. Looked like a different match from than, than from the duel. I will tell you that. This was a great this was a great weight class. I mean it culminated, obviously, with the two best guys in the country who are probably having one of the best rivalries in the country this year. And it couldn't get any better than the fact that it's 1-1 going into the NCAA tournament. Um, to hit on something real quick before we get into this, I think Pletcher did himself a big favor by winning this match rather than the first one because he's probably going to be opposite Real Woods now, the guy who gave him a really tough match. Uh, Lee's going to have to navigate that. I think they do. I think we see them in the national tournament, but that's something to be discussed at a later podcast. Where I think that it's interesting to say is um, Chad Red is turning it on. I told you, and, and you said I was he was going to. With Chad Red, he gave even Nick Lee, his match with Nick Lee. Man, it was a great match. It was a great match. Nick Lee jumped out a little bit at the first, but Red stayed in it, battled back, kept it close. I'm telling you, man, Chad Red is a bad dude in the postseason, and he can it's a third. Yeah, I mean, look, he in can he, he can beat anybody. I think he's going to have some problems. Continue to have problems with you know Nick Lee and Luke Pletcher, but. When he's on, he's on, dude. He's one of the, so nice. He's one of those weird dudes that, holy shit, man, does he, does, is he one of those guys that makes the final? Look, 
upsets are going to happen like crazy at the NCAA tournament, and Chad Red's going to pull a couple of them. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's going to beat Liam Pletcher, but, dude, I didn't say that freaking uh, Gabe Dean was going to beat Mymar. You know what I mean? It's one of those types of guys. Max Dean. Max Dean. Sorry. Ga- yeah. Gabe- Bo Nickel beat the Gabe Dean. Oh, God. Well, we really just beat up on that. We really beat that up. But no, but I was impressed with Chad Red. Goes down, then he beats Murin, and then he beats the hell out of Moran, who'd beaten him before 12 to 3. He beat him twice this match, or, 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 or twice this tournament 10 to 4, 12 to 3. He really showed that, you know, the regular season isn't a huge concern for Mr. Red. Um, no, I mean, look, he's a. He, he, dude, he's a, he, he's a scholar and an athlete. He spends the regular season studying, probably, you know. Getting that fine education at Nebraska like he should be, but it's postseason time. Now it's time to, to get for real. He said it's time to wrestle. It's time to wrestle. All seriousness aside, though, I think this tournament um, kind of showed you, one, why I had been a little concerned about Max Muren all year, okay? Um, yeah. From Iowa's perspective of a, of a team title, um, from Iowa's team title perspective, you know, because, uh, you know, Max Muren, while. He did finish the season ranked, you know, third or fourth, depending on publication. I think he only had wrestled 13 matches up to that point. Hatton wrestled a lot of marquee guys and really only had, you know, a, 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 his got his first marquee win at the end of the year, I think, when he beat Mitch McKee, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm going off memory the, on this duel. one. You know, yeah. In the duel. Yeah. So, and then you saw this tournament where, um, you know, guys like Chad Red and Tristan Moran outperform him a little bit here. Um, Chad Red's not a surprise to me at all. I mean, we've seen what he can do. So... That right there is why I've questioned him yeah. in that spot well, for he Iowa lost, this yeah. year. He lost the McKee, and then he had to come back, and then he got stuck. He had to wrestle Moran and – or, excuse me, uh, Red, and Red beat him again. Red was, Red was on fire. Red, Red, Red looked great. I, honestly, I'm really impressed with the way Red looked. But, you know, it was, you know, the rest of the weight class with four returning All-Americans and really great guys was a little bit overshadowed by, uh, I'd say, one of the best finals of the night. Oh, I don't. I, I don't dispute that. I think it was number two, probably to one sixty-five, just because of the. <laughs> when we when we get to one sixty-five, we'll talk about that. What do you think about your boy Lukey Pletcher? Because I got some thoughts on that bad boy. Well, go ahead. All right, go ahead. You go first. Is it safe to say that I think that Luke Pletcher didn't even look his best, and he beat Nick Lee? I'm gonna agree. I with still that. think there were some things that he could do to widen that gap. Well, that said. He did do one thing that we talked about on this podcast. He only did it once, but he did one thing. In shorto, off of a bad shot by Lee, he chased down a leg. It was Lee's left leg. He went shorto to the single leg and finished it for the first takedown of the tournament, or for the first takedown of the finals. That was nice because Pletcher all year has been able to beat people to the corner in shorto, and if he can't get behind him, which he's been able to do a lot of times because his go-behind's great, he finds a leg and holds on to it, and his finishing percentage is extremely high. And he finished that one without much, um, um, you, you know, without much that without much pizzazz. Just kind of finished that. But I tell you what, at the rest of the match, Nick Lee shot in a ton, and he was living on Pletcher's like like ankles, almost getting him. And Pletcher was able to just dance out of it barely a couple times, making me pretty damn nervous. The biggest thing to me, Ben, is kind of what didn't happen in the duel, and I'll continue to say this. Pletcher didn't have pace issues in the duel. I think he out-hyped himself, and we didn't see the same composure that we see from a, from usually from Luke Pletcher. What we saw in the Big Ten Finals was more was was closer to the typical Luke, Luke Pletcher that we've seen this year. 
in, in the finals of the Big Ten. He's Tournament. always he so was, damn composed. He, he, he was Great composed. Word. Um, he, he, he didn't get. He didn't overhype himself for the match. He was ready to go. He kept him. He's kept his composure. He didn't, you know, back out of short O situations. Didn't second guess himself. He just got after it and did what he does. Um, Nick Lee's going to be a tough opponent for him or anyone else all the time. And who knows how this third match is going to go? Either one of them can win it. But I will agree with you. I don't. I, I still think that Luke Pletcher can do things a little bit differently to maybe maybe widen this gap. I think Nick Lee can as well. But I was most impressed with the fact that Luke Pletcher learned from that loss on the road in the duel. Okay, again, I will argue anyone. It wasn't. He didn't have pace issues. He did not prepare himself for We're that gonna match the right We're going to have to argue because I think he had pace issues. Okay, that's fine. Um, so, I, well, I guess, you know, in the last month, he must have been on that treadmill a lot, right? Hell yeah, yeah. baby. No, I think that Lee wore him down. Pletcher was able to do a little bit better job conserving energy here. Okay, agree Look, to disagree. He, it, it was a different type of hand fight. Luke Pletcher... What did he say? He said he worked on his hand fight. That was the number one thing he worked on this year. Right. We didn't see it that much in here. We saw we saw some hand fighting, but what I tell you what, I only saw one hard snap from Pletcher. And here's the reason why I think that Nick Lee presents a bad matchup for Pletcher with regards to the hand fight. Is because Nick Lee relies so much. Okay, so everybody that was watching, you know how Nick Lee was almost on Pletcher's ankles or knees a bunch, and he actually got Nick Lee's takedown was from a non it wasn't even a knee drop. He got it standing. Right. Pletcher ties up with his right arm. Pletcher's a right leg lead. Nick Lee, he when he staggers his stance, he's a left leg lead, and he rocks them knee pulls to Pletcher's right leg like crazy. And the way he does it, and I hate to dive in too much of the technique, is he does it off of two different setups, and they were really nice. And he almost got Pletcher so many times on them. Pletcher was ballerinaing out of these. Nick Lee does one of two things. If Pletcher's got the over collar. With his right hand, Nick Lee will go with his left hand, elbow bind, push off to a, um, to, to a knee pull single down at the, either the knee or the ankle. And even then, if Nick Lee gets the, the collar tie on the left side and Pletcher goes over tie, Nick Lee will use his left arm to completely block off Pletcher's down block arm by popping it up while he lowers his level to take that shot. That's why it seemed like Pletcher was doing that you know, kind of like, um, you know, bullfighting bull type thing because Nick Lee had those angles on those legs like crazy. He caught it one time. He almost caught it a couple other times. The question is, is he going to get it? Because we've seen every time but once, and it was actually in this match, when Nick Lee gets in on the leg deep, he finishes. Pletcher was able to stop him from finishing early in the match uh, when, he, when he had a split position and they ended up going out of bounds. But other than that, Nick Lee's been been able to finish his shots uh, at a pretty high percentage as well. I just one of these days he's going to fall into one of those ankles. So Pletcher's got to be weary to protect his right side, and that all circles back to the fact that I don't think he can stand in there and bang with him like he wants to, because Nick Lee is so good at utilizing that over collar tie of Pletcher's to his own knee pull. Right on. Sorry. <laughs> I, I watched that match like two or three times, and I noticed, and I think that's where Pletcher might struggle. He's got to find a different way to hand fight with Lee. I think Pletcher's historically struggled, too, with being kind of heavy on that lead leg, and, and that doesn't bode well in, in a matchup against Nick Lee. Who, great who point, Brandon. I mean, great point. I, I keep going back to his uh, freshman year when he got pulled out of red shirt and went up to 141. 
um, all year long. He struggled. Be, he was really heavy on that right leg lead, um, and then he started to improve throughout the year. But even in his his uh, his second loss at the national tournament that year to uh, Ashnault from Rutgers, I kept. I remember. I, I vividly remember. You know, just kind of tapping. He was saying, beating Ashnault. I said, "Look, he was beating him," and I said, "He's too heavy on that leg. He's too heavy on that leg." And sure enough, that's how Ashnault won the match. You know, and that's he's got the end of the match. He, he's gotten better at it, um, but it is something where you know it doesn't. Stylistically, with a guy like Nick Lee, it's it's really a disadvantage for for Pletcher. So um, I'm re- really looking forward to what I hope will be a rubber match, the third match at Nationals. But I think one of the important things that you noted, Ben, and this is where I'm going to disagree with you, is the fact that what it does is it puts Pletcher opposite side of Woods, and I do think Real Woods is a guy that can be anyone in the country, Nick Lee and Luke Pletcher included, and still has a shot to navigate that bracket and make the finals. So, well, I'd rather be on the opposite side of him then. 100%. <laughs> and I, that's why I'm saying that's the important thing that this win did. So you're right, winning the second match, yep, yes. He won it when it counts because it's going to count for seeding purposes. Um, and Real Woods is absolutely the real deal. And he's got a chance to beat a guy like Nick Lee, a guy like Nick Lee who – while, while having great accolades, I think he's finished what fifth or sixth twice. Fifth twice. Okay, he's finished fifth twice. Um, you know, he's he's shown his moments, uh, some head scratching moments at the national tournament. You know, the past couple of years, so he's shown a tendency to be able to to kind of uh, you know drop a match, drop a match when he shouldn't have. You know, last year I would say it was the Dom Demas match. Um, that he dropped, that was kind of a head scratcher. Demas beat him thirteen to nine. Um, his, his other loss last year was to Joey McKenna. Not, nothing wrong with that loss at all. The year before, I mean, Jaden Ironman ate him up um, at the national tournament. And he then, was young. The, that was a freshman. Well, year. he also got pinned by Ryan Deal. If you let me finish, so he's shown a. a well, propensity. it was early on, yeah, wasn't it? It was first round, so he's shown a propensity to uh, to, to lose some head scratching matches matches at the national tournament. Um, and I think that's something that he and his coaches are going to have to to focus on and overcome this year to make the finals. I forgot he lost first round to Ryan Deal. I remember that match. That was crazy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you know he's like I said, he's 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 not a, he's not a little pup anymore, a young pup. I, I, I'm excited to watch a match versus him and Woods, though. I'm assuming we'll see it. That'll be great. Fletcher, I hope so. I, I really do hope so. I think it'll be a great match. Fletcher did win it when it counted. Two things. One, we're hearing a lot of um, people talking about how Pletcher should have been hit. Pletcher should have been hit for stalling at the end of that match. Um, I've got some. I've got some thoughts about that. Look, the bottom line is Pletcher ended up on a leg, and they went out of bounds with 13 seconds left off of a Pletcher shot, and then Pletcher played defense for 13 seconds. Why would you hit him for stalling? Because they'd both already been hit. That would have put it into overtime with 13 seconds of Pletcher playing a little defense. I don't think it was warranted. RBY played defense for six minutes and 52 seconds, so um, I don't agree with the people that think he should have been hit for stalling, so we can move on from that. And, and the second one is uh, the Penn State fans booing Pletcher as he both uh, um, was doing his interview and got on the podium. It is what it is, I mean, that's man. fucking classless. It is what it is. I mean, fans do that. We all get hyped up. We all get, you know, a little over the top and stuff. Um, I don't agree with it, but it, it happens. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say other than the fact that Hopefully they get to boo him when he's standing on top of the podium in March next week. That hey, what do they say? Doing an interview with uh, Shane Sparks or uh, Brian Hazard or something. Right. What what do they say? They say like the the best way to do whatever is live your best life or blah blah blah. Yeah, that's what Pletcher did. Something like that. (laughs) Never heard anything like that. Let's uh, let's, uh, we'll go with it. One forty nine, man. A rematch of of a match that took place earlier this year in the finals. Lugo uh, Sasso. This weight class. 
uh, in general throughout the entire country, all conferences, is just foobar. If you want my honest opinion, it's absolutely foobar. Um, seeding is going to get funky. I think Lugo locked up the top seed. There's no disputing that. Yep. But from there, it is it is wide open. Dude, it's anybody's guess after Lugo, right? Uh, I, look, Sasso's got a case. Austin O'Connor's got a case. Brock Mahler has a case. Um, you know, Matt Kalonzik undefeated. And I get that he probably doesn't have a case from the from the criteria. But I tell you what, I don't want to run up. I don't want to run up against that dude early. No, I think. And that's the thing, and we've mentioned this before, Ben, is that, look, even though there is a seating committee, there is criteria for seating. There is legit criteria. There is there, there there is components to it that hold numerical value, and there are rules behind it. So Matt Kolodzik is going to get a seed probably somewhere around the 5, 6, 7, yeah. and he's going to be a bad matchup for somebody in the quarterfinals. Yeah, the three seed sucks. So, you, you know uh, – uh, uh, the wrestling nomad Daniel Lobdell put out an article today where he kind of broke down some seeds, but um, and it's on Floor Wrestling. I suggest you go check it out. Uh, and he puts he he kind of lists the criteria here. So the criteria for seeding at the NCAA tournament is a number of different ones. Head to head is twenty five percent. Quality wins is twenty. Coaches rankings fifteen. Common opponents ten. Conference placement ten. RPI, which you kind of described, is is ten. It's a uh, RPI is your winning percentage, your opponent's winning percentage, and your opponent's opponent's winning yeah. percentage. And then win percentage ten. So those are all the things that go into it. So and coaches it, rank. Yeah, and coaches rank. So there's not just you know it's not like people just get into a room in high school and you know and seed these tournaments. You're not hearing guys say, "Well, my guy only lost to this guy by one point." Right. You know? So you know it, it's you're gonna see some seeds that you might not agree with, but you know what? By the rubric, that's the way it's gonna work. And at 149, we're gonna see some we're gonna see some interesting seeds. Uh, I tell you what, Brayton Lee did himself no favors. None at all. And I was completely wrong about him. I think I, I think I'm pretty sure I picked Brayton Lee to win this weight class this yeah. weekend. Yeah, dude. And we're I was all wrong. 100 percent wrong. Um, it, and honestly, it, I, it was the first time I really got to watch him extensively in more than you know a match or two. And look, his bottom def- he's going to be a great freestyler. But until he finishes, figures out his bottom deficiencies. I mean, honestly, you might as well call him Brayton Jordan to be to be truthfully honest, um, because his bottom deficiencies is going to hurt him a lot. Yeah, yeah. And against a guy like Colin Purinton who can who can ride, you know, Colin Purinton, grizzled veteran, senior, was able to go out there and beat him in the finals for third and fourth, three zero. After Lugo beat him four to one, Lee didn't have his best turn. Lugo rode him the entire second period. Oh yeah, Lugo, so, uh, Lugo a guy that's not known for his riding skills, let alone you know turning skills, um, rode Brayton Lee for the entire second period. I, I, that's just that's when you have an issue. Right. There's there, there's going to be some problems. Can he get on the podium? Yes, but I think when you we've talked about this a lot with a guy who was much better than Brayton Lee is at this time. No offense to Brayton Lee. But Michael Jordan last year couldn't win an NCAA title. We, we, we asked the question, can you win an NCAA title if you can't get off bottom? And Michael Jordan came pretty damn close to doing it, but Michael, Brayton Lee is not Michael Jordan right now. I'll tell you that much. It ain't even oh, close. Definitely not on his feet. I mean, Brayton Lee's basically wrestling every match almost like he's down one to nothing, uh, especially against elite guys because elite guys are going to be able to get out from him or, or ride him if he does choose down. So you, you're kind of approaching each match already down a point. Right. And that doesn't – that's, that, that only hurts you against the, the top-level competition we saw this weekend. And um, you're right. He did himself no favors. How about Pat Lugo, though? He did himself a couple favors. Oh, Number yeah. one seed at the NCAA tournament coming on at the right time. I tell you what, he, he was impressive. Uh, he, he's not going to blow people out. Now, he did beat Purinton 11-3. to But, you know, he's not going to be the guy that goes out there and majors and tech falls top, you know, 
all-American type guys. But what he is going to do is he's going to find that take. He grinds out wins, man. And he he just went. He said, you know what? This is what he did, and I really am impressed with this. He said, I'm, I can't shoot on Sasso. Not that he can't, but, but shooting on that's Sasso. That's what he wants. Yeah. That's what Sasso wants. Yeah. You know, I can't shoot on Sasso because that's how he takes me down. I'm just going to go double unders, jack him up, literally throw it by, and take him down. And that's what he did. And he beat Sasso. Sasso, a gentleman who got zero takedowns this tournament. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. He didn't have a takedown, and he made the finals. He doesn't need a takedown. And almost won. So, that's why I want to ask you this question. More than any other weight, does this weight class even matter who's the number one seed is? No. It's it doesn't. Throw them in a pot, man. After that, you've got one loss O'Connor, one loss Mahler, undefeated Kalogic, you got Sasso, Ooh. you got Brayton Lee, you got Bula Wallen. I mean... Matt Kalogic's pretty good. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, you said him? I said him. I mean, and then you start getting into other guys who... Can't a story in a bad wrestler? <laughs> just... Just as every bit as good that can cause problems, you know. So does it really matter in this weight who the top seed is? Probably not. The best thing, though, is to separate Lugo and Sasso, right? Yeah. You yes. have to. you got to separate Lugo and Sasso. Well, yeah, because Sasso's got two losses on the year. One to break he's got Lee, three. He he's got, oh, yeah. he's got He lost to Brent Moore. He lost oh, to Brent uh, Moore. He's got three. He That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But he avenged it. Okay, he avenged it. He got beat by Lee, avenged it. He beat Lugo, then Lugo beat him. Austin O'Connor only has one loss on the season. He lost to Pat Lugo at the Midlands. Brock Mahler only has one loss on the season. He lost to Jaron Jensen from Wyoming. Then you got guys like Bulu Wallen, who I think's got two losses, maybe three. I know he lost to uh, I know he lost to Mahler. Who did you say that had one loss besides Lugo? It's Lugo, O'Connor, and Mahler all have one loss. O'Connor lost to Lugo. Mahler lost to Jaron Jensen. How do you how do you see Sasso above that with that Brent Moore loss? Well. Again, that's where it's gonna get. That's where that that equation, you know, that 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 rubrics, that formula is gonna come into play. Um, but does it really matter who the two and the three is? I know the difference is is the three may get Kalajic in the quarters, right? So it does matter. But I mean, you know, you know, and and um, so there's, going off on tangents now. I like it. There, there's two things I'd like to talk about. Back to this bracket. One, Colin freaking Purinton, senior. Dude, that's like just—I mean, twelve and fifteen, fifteen and five, eight and six, eighteen and nine this year. Um, like, just came out of nowhere and has just had a really nice season. That—that's got to feel pretty damn good. That a guy like that puts in the work, believes in himself, and finishes third in the freaking Big Ten over a guy like Brayton Lee. And two, unless you have something to say about Colin Purinton. No, finish your points first. No, two. What about that danger call potentially in the finals? I thought that. Look, I tweeted out, and, and I'll stick to this. Sasso didn't do enough to win that match. The danger call was close. Do I think that it was worthy of the worthy of giving the points? Yes. I think if you watch that match, it probably was worthy of giving the points. But you know what? It's hard to argue that Sasso deserved to win that match when he hadn't got a damn takedown all tournament. My, look, it ride Lugo like a dog, though. We can sit here and, I mean, honestly talk about officiating all day long that's a separate podcast in itself my biggest thing is I, I just don't think things are called consistently in this entire tournament this entire weekend of conference tournament i couldn't figure out the back point rules i don't, don't know when oh my I just god don't understand Who was it when a guy is on his back and they count swipes and when not because 
it was Josh Humphreys. I'm sorry, it was Quincy Monday and uh, Josh Humphreys match in the you know the EIWA finals that I was just baffled by. There was the match with Taylor Venz and Aaron Brooks. Oh I was just ba- baffled what at. Was there was this thing right here. So I just I don't get it. I guess obviously I'm not educated enough on it to actually provide a worthwhile comment. All I know is it's confusing. I don't like it, but there were multiple times where I thought a guy was on his back long enough to where, whether it was danger or the fact that the other guy just had control and put him on his back, that there should have been swipes. Like Taylor Vins and Aaron Brooks, you counted. You slowed it down in slow motion and counted four seconds. How was that not? And then also Humphrey's um, Monday. Quincy Monday. That was crazy as well. Yeah, I know you said that. That's just, that's crazy to me. It's insane. Go back and watch that Humphrey's Monday match. What the hell? How is that not back point? How is that not four? They didn't even offer two on that bad boy. I don't even know if the guy counted. What the fuck? I I, I don't get it. So it was frustrating. So I guess the rules change. I don't know. But um, (laughs) there's just too much inconsistency. I guess Uh, the rules change. Um, uh, So, yeah. But you know what? That's been... Sit down, strap in, get used to it. That's going to be what Sammy Sasso is like for the next well, three years. here's the bullshit about this whole damn thing. And it's not just this match. These, having the officials review their own calls is fucking stupid. Just get rid of it. We've said that every It wastes year. too much dumb. damn time. Too much time. Just get it. Get, if you're not going to have a third party review it that has some fucking nuts to be able to actually make a decision to overturn the, the ref, then I'm done with it. Because I'm done with these refs just going to review in their own call, literally taking 30 seconds or five minutes, and then coming back with the same damn call. You know what? Have some freaking integrity to make the right freaking call and say that you got it wrong because you did this weekend. And I'm not talking about the Sasso-Lugo match, but those damn back point matches, both of them were reviewed. And the fact that you did not call back points on either of those, the, the Monday Humphreys match or the Vans Brooks match, means that you don't deserve to wear those stripes. I would be the worst. How embarrassed should you be? Secondary ref in a match ever, because I'd be like straight up, "Hey, nope, stop this, bro. That's a shit call, yeah, come man. On now. You dumb fuck come on that now. up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need you to review that. Yeah, <laughs> okay, like, seriously, that's bad. We're gonna go to the tape because you fucked that one up. Ref number five and ref number twelve at the Big Ten tournament, I thought was awful all oh weekend. Oh my god, so I'm just putting that out there. But anyway, hey, but that's Sammy Brandon, Sasso, man. Dog shit. Yeah, those refs were dog shit. Dog shit. But that's Sammy Sasso. Get I'm not even it. mad about this. I'm, one. Just, I'm just saying that's. Going back, you said he didn't get a takedown the entire tournament. Right, I'm not even okay? mad at this one. And the, the swipes and stuff like that, that's going to be sad. we're going to be frustrated with him for four years. He's going to do great things. He's, we're going to love him, but we're going to have a heart attack before it's all said and done. That's going to be sad. Like him versus Yaya. Yeah. So, um, moving on to 157. Um, it, 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 a little bit different vibe this year in the Big Ten than we're used to seeing. Um, we're used to seeing some really really stacked uh, uh, weight classes with, with with wrestlers with tons of accolades. Um, this year, it's been a little bit different in the Big Ten um, as well as across the country. Um, Ryan Deacon continues, though, to go out there and show that he has made levels, levels, like multiple levels and jumps this season. Look dominant. I think he won against Kendall Coleman 7-2 in the finals. I think that's what it was. Um he looked really good, but aside from that, there was still some interesting things. One, I know you got something you want to comment on. I'm going to comment real quick as well. Um, Peyton Rob, I'm just going to mention Peyton Rob real quick from Nebraska. I like him. Um, I hadn't seen him much this year, and I'm more of a stats guy anyway. But after really getting to watch him in, in, in three or four matches, man, Peyton Rob is going to be a real. Real treat, a delight 
to watch over the next yeah. few years. Um, this dude, he's got, he's got no. I mean, he's got no conscience whatsoever. Dude's a straight savage. He's I mean, a banger too, right? He, he's dude. He went double over toss against Kendall Coleman. I think in the first period, of, you know, zero to zero match in the first period, he goes double overs and tries to throw him. Fights back, still loses the match eventually, but it's a good match. He, he, he's going to be so good, dude. Nebraska's got they've got a good one there. A guy that I feel is going to be one of those guys that's kind of overshadowed throughout his career by all these other dudes. You know the big names, even though he's a big name too. But he's going to wreck some people and get a, get get some multiple All Americans and maybe maybe on top of that podium a time or two. Absolutely, I'm glad that you brought that up. Look, I I really like Peyton Rob. I, I like him a lot. I think he's an excellent wrestler. You know, he had a he, he's he's he hasn't he hasn't quite got the the big win this year, right? We got real close against Hidley. Um, is it Hidley? Did I get it right? Hidley. 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 We, we, we made the decision. Oh, yeah. We changed his name. It's Hidley. It's spelled H I D L E Y. Yeah. And he'll battle, but you know what? Really nice performance taking third. Re- really nice performance taking third at the Big Ten for his first Big Ten tournament. Another freshman, though, Brandon, a dude who you know is kind of overshadowing Peyton Rob, who's had a really nice season. Kendall Coleman, really, really nice job, actually. And you know what? Rob did get kind of that big win finally. Yeah, he I, beat I, a guy I, Caleb Young. Yeah, I was just thinking. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm I sorry, think, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, but before then, we hadn't really seen him against the the top tier guy. But yeah. he, but he had looked good all year. Oh, Even absolutely. Losses. I mean, look, you look at his season throughout this year. Okay, he has the head scratcher against Jacob Tucker from Michigan State. He lost seven to five in Sudden Victory. Now, Jacob Tucker, Tucker himself, bad. he's not bad. I, look, I, I get it. He's not bad at all. Um, but. He's not at that that first tier, not even second tier type guy. But when you look at Peyton Robs throughout the season, his his season, you know, in total, his losses. He's got a a four to three loss to Jacob Wright from Fresno State. That's his first loss. That that's a head scratcher. He's got a three to two loss to Hidley, a six to four loss to Caleb Young early in the season, seven to five sudden victory to Jacob Tucker, four to three to Will Luan, and then the loss in the semis to Kendall Coleman, three to two. He's lost every match by one. Or two points. That what that tells me for a freshman is freshman. You're right there. You're right there. Not only, not only physically, but mentally. Because next year you're you're gonna know how to win those close I, matches. I tell you what, that's exactly what you, I was just gonna say, Brandon. There's a thanks for giving me a chance to say it. I did. I'm, I'm kidding. No, what I'm saying is there's a big difference that there, there's something that you'll see with with a lot of wrestlers. Some wrestlers come in and they're just ready to go. Right. Spencer Lee being one of them. Yeah. He knew how to go out when he got pulled for the Ohio State duel. He knew how to go out there and dominate. Not not dominate, but really compete, win matches, right. win a title. Yeah. But there's some guys that just take a little bit of time. They can keep it close with guys like Hidley. Hidley. Fuck, I don't even know how to say his name. Hidley. Is it Hidley? Hidley. Hidley? Hidley. No, I, look the spelling of that review. I it's think you said H-I-D-L-E-E. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> but but what it takes. But We're awful. There's a time. There's a time when. A guy will flip those one-point losses to wins, and when he does it, he's going to start to do it consistently. That's going to be a guy like Peyton Robb. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse. He might get on the podium he's got, this year. Uh, I consider you know a few of his losses head scratchers this year, but you expect that out of a freshman. Now, he's a redshirt freshman, but you expect that out of a freshman. Um, so he's going to be a guy that is going to go out there and he could he could go one and two at nationals and ha- be like what the heck happened, or he could roll off five or six victories 
and place top five, top eight at this tournament. It wouldn't surprise me, man. It really wouldn't. Not at all. But same with Kendall Coleman. Really nice tournament for him. Um, you know, making the finals, beating a guy like Rob. But but the class of the weight class, and not just the Big Ten, but the class of the weight class is Ryan Deacon. Mr. Mothman himself. The dude always looks, how the hell did he make 149? I don't know. How because he, he looks like a 197-pounder. I, I don't know how he made it. Um, and I think that attributed to him not All-American his first year. Okay, He didn't get on the podium that year as a freshman at 149 pounds. And I think that might have contributed to it a little bit. I remember the first time I saw him wrestle was when I went to the World Team Trials in Lincoln, Nebraska. And he was there wrestling for the junior spot. And he won that junior spot. And I'm like, how is this dude making, I think it was 65 kilos if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 65. Yeah, it was 65 really? kilos. I'm almost positive. Oh, my goodness. Somebody, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I'm That's pretty fine. sure it was 65 kilos. And I, I get it. The weigh-in rules were a little different back there. But he, not only that, he looked huge, but he looked good, too. Like, he, he looked really impressive. He can ride. But he's taking jumps this year, Ben. He can ride. He can score. He beat a guy like Kendall Coleman, who was a really solid opponent, 7-2. to two. And I tell you what, I bet you that Deacon wasn't even that happy with that match. It was a very controlled match, scored when he needed to. He beat Kendall Coleman earlier in the year, 14-0. to zero. Um, You know, I, I don't think that the match being any closer has any uh, bearing on Deacon, you know, falling off or anything like that. Um, Deacon's I, the complete package at this weight class. Yeah. He absolutely is. What Storniolo did this year is, um, I don't think they wrestled him at Midlands. He did not wrestle at Midlands. Um, Storniola was saying that he was, he was a little banged up, and he's one of those guys, Deacon, that just wants to go, yeah. always. Storniolo had to tell him, you're not wrestling Midlands, to give him a break because he's just a freaking he, He's one of those guys that will run through a brick wall if you tell him to. He, you know, had he wrestled Midlands, his schedule would have been just absolutely nails, like absolute nails. When you think about what he did at Cliff Keen when he went out there and he, he pinned Ja'Cory Teamer, who I think won the uh, Pac-12 at 157. Um, he dominated David Carr, who won the Big 12 at 157, beat him 9-3. Uh, to three. And then he dominated Hayden Hidley, who I don't have just him. won the ACC tournament at Cliff Keen. I haven't I'm sorry. Beat, I haven't beaten Ja'Cory Teamer 8-5. to five. Oh, he didn't pin him? Did I get that wrong? No. Again, I'm going off memory here. So. It's okay. Okay, it's okay. Sorry, I, sorry, I thought he pinned him, but anyway. No, I, you get the point I'm making. No, yeah, exactly. All right, he had an impressive run. Um, and he, everybody he's wrestled this year, he, he makes look just, they just look helpless, you know, helpless. The main, the, I think the biggest thing is they, they look, they don't have an answer for him, right? Like whatever he does, they it's don't total have total package, they, man. They don't Top have bottom an neutral. He was the guy. Remember, he, he wrote out Jason Knopf last year, even though Knopf won. Like, wrote him out for the loss. You yeah, wrote him out. You think like, Knopf wanted to be riding yeah, ridden out? He was like, look, I'm going to ride you out you know, just to let you know. I think it's impressive. Had Knopf ever been ridden out in his career for an entire period? I don't know, but I, I, I'd, probably I, not. I'd bet no. Probably not. Well done, Deacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Penn State took uh, a, a tight fourth place at the Big Tens. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. There, hot dog. Uh, no, I, I, I love the, the way Deacon's wrestling. I think that he's definitely the class of the weight class. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't win it. But there, there's some other guys out there that, that certainly can have a shot. One of them, I thought potentially, it could be a gentleman who beat him twice at the NCAA tournament last year, and Caleb Young from Iowa, a guy who started the year ranked shit number two, maybe number one. I think it was number two. Yeah, because they mean, go off a of previous year's placement, so it would have been number three. Um, Deacon, Hid- no, it was Hidley, Hid- Hidley Young, Young, and then yeah. Deacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. A guy who was ranked above him at the start of the year goes two. No, no. Oh, yeah, he goes two in barbecue. Oh, yeah, oh and two. He lo- he loses to Brown. He loses to 
He loses. Baroni. Baroni. He loses to Rob, three two, and then loses to Barone, who certainly is a good wrestler. Okay, Barone is a good wrestler. Barone's a guy you don't want to meet. And, right. And, and, you don't want to meet in a situation where your butthole's puckered up. Yeah. You don't. When, when you're when you're not feeling good about yourself, Barone is a guy that could win. But I wouldn't have picked him over Caleb Young and Barone. Caleb Young just was not able to get anything going, man. He looked like he was diving at legs. If he was getting in on them, they weren't great shots. He did not look impressive. He looks like something's catching up to him. I've been saying a weight cut I'm concerned with all year. His cheeks are sucked out. You know, I've got some concerns about Caleb Young, and I tell you what, they came to fruition big time at the NCAA tournament. Now, this guy's going to get a uh, uh, wild card. Yeah, he'll get a he'll get a wild card. Absolutely, sure. you know he was an All American last year. He's had a nice season. He's beaten Kendall Coleman twice. He's beaten other guys um, this year. He's beaten Peyton Rob. So he will definitely get a. He's wild getting card. a wild card. I mean that's that's a given. And he'll probably get a decent seed, not a great one. This this tournament didn't help his seed, but it's not going to be a terrible seed. He'll now get, that's he'll that's get a an interesting seed. point, Ben. When you when when you bringing that up, I mean, especially when you got guys like you know you got David Carr. Who just won the the Big Twelve? And he's he got, beat Young. He's got one loss on the year. He beat Young. We know you, we know about Hidley. We know about Deacon. You know you got a guy like uh, Quincy Monday is a guy, and this is where I'm going to apologize. All right, I'm going to apologize. Let's Quincy apologize Monday, to everybody um, because I have totally just overlooked this dude all year. I did not realize the season that Quincy Young was having. It's really easy to get. You know who Kennedy Young is from North Carolina? Monday, not right, I'm sorry, Kennedy Monday. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I'm just helping you out. Um, but we we have never talked much about Quincy Monday, and and quietly, you know, in the shadows of a Deacon Hidley, David Carr, and all those guys, he's quietly put together a twenty and twenty four and four season. Uh, he just Ooh. lost to Josh Humphreys in the EIWA championships, but even before that, the guy has had some good wins and an impressive season. I Here's think he beat Humphreys a couple of times, hadn't he? Yeah, I do believe he had beaten Humphreys. He beat Young. He's beaten Delvecchia. He's beaten Artelona. He's beaten Justin McCoy. He beat freaking uh, Kendall Coleman. I mean, he's got great wins. So going, you see that dude? going back to the seeding thing with Caleb Young, I mean, when you start looking at guys like that, you know, then you have Humphreys, David Carr. You got Delvecchia, who's 30-2. and two. All right, He's going to get a good seed. Delvecchia just won the MAC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, he won the MAC. Now, Delvecchia is a guy also with a great record. May not have a lot of the, the marquee wins. It'll be interesting. I haven't looked at it to see what type of quality wins he's had, and quality wins being guys over national qualifiers. Right. Um, so Caleb Young could be a guy that gets, like, the seventh seed. Right. I see him okay. at 7-8, man. 7, 8, 9, 10 seed where he's meeting up with a guy who maybe he's wrestled and beaten at some point in time in his career. God. If he gets to 8 or 9, he's could in the quarters with Deacon. Could you imagine? Deacon don't want that. No, you not that, not that, I don't think Deacon cares at this point. Deacon's coaches don't want that. Right, yeah, yes, good point. Deacon doesn't care. But I tell you what, I look, nobody wants to wrestle a dude who's beat you twice at the NCAA tournament last year in the freaking quarters. No. You, if you're the one seed, you want a little bit of a walk to the semis at least. Yeah. Give, I, me, give me a little bit of a break here now, hot dog. I want Logan Parks or AC Headley or somebody. Right, that's what I'm saying. Elijah Cleary, I want a guy that didn't qualify. I want him in the quarters. <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I please choose Elijah Cleary to, uh, <laughs> to make the finals? Uh, no, you can't. But, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, the point is Caleb Young going 0-2 is going to mess up some seeding a little bit and make the quarters rather interesting. I don't see him doing that well, man. I just – I've watched his – I have some stock in him because he's on my fantasy team, so I've watched a lot of his matches, mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen – I've seen – I don't think that I'm oh, – Iowa's Iowa can't count on a ton of points from him. They can't. They can't. They can't count on a ton of points from Young. 
I don't think that's a terrible thing to say. I think last year, he had a great season last year, but last year, if I remember correctly, I don't think he really had what we would consider a bad loss, um, minus to Eric Brown. I think Eric Brown did beat him last year. Um, yes, Brown got his number now. Brown's look, Brown's a guy that, like I said, you don't want you don't want to meet Brown in a situation where your butt's puckered up. You don't, right? Because he, he, he's Brown's a grizzled a great veteran, wrestler. Great wrestler. you know. But you just don't know which Caleb Young's going to show up, and even if he is dealing with a weight cut, which I'm sure he is, Ben. Look, he, I'm sure he absolutely is. Tom Brands and the coaches have said before that when Caleb Young doesn't get after his attacks, I mean, doesn't get onto his offense, that's when he struggles in matches, and we haven't been seeing that lately, and he's been struggling in matches, so. Again, you don't know which one's going to show up. It'll be interesting to see, but it's going to be a, night, a, a seeding nightmare. <laughs> Shit, maybe he wins the tournament. Who the freak knows? Take us into 165, man. <laughs> the bull and meatball. My God. First, I'd like to give a... Um, How fun. Like, like... Oh, I could. This is one of those those the, those matches, these, those two guys where I could literally just watch wrestle all day, every day. Are you kidding me? I mean... Are you kidding me? Is with there their anyone? It was three two, and it looked and it felt like it was fourteen to thirteen. Look, I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying this. Look, we love Vincenzo Joseph. All right, I will tell you that we do. He was on our podcast, one of the best guests we've had. The dude, uh, I feel, I feel like he's been overshadowed by some of the greats from Penn State the last three years, last four years. Really do like Vincenzo Joseph. Is there anybody though in the country with bigger balls than Alex Marinelli? No, honestly, there's not. I, there can't be. I don't know how the dude fits in a singlet. Dude, that match was awesome. So, you know, technically we can break it down a number of different ways, but but the bottom line is this. Alex Marinelli would shoot in, Chenzo would block him, and then Marinelli, even while he was on his knees, was trying to go for the double or the over under lock. He wanted he, he to wants get to get there. there. What are you doing? They were it's just like dancing around on that fucking thing. He's like, look, I'm gonna show people that yeah, that last match was a fluke. What is I'm gonna show doing? my better than you upper body. I gotta believe Tom Brands in his head is like, son, what are you doing now? Hold on. What? Oh my God! And then Chenzo launched him, so they got in that body. Yes, lock, they that got in that body lock body position lock where Chenzo stepped around, and that's the thing. Chenzo steps around, which puts him in an inside trip position. So he tries to go like um, over under, like uh, uh, like an outside trip body crunch. Yep. And Chenzo goes, son, I got these hips. And then he hipped him over, and I swear to gosh, I want to see. Is this the one where they both were they? Is this was this in the third period when like yes. Marinelli went for the trip and Sinjo went for the lat drop yes. at the same time? It was, oh, kind, of, it was God. kind of a lat drop, yeah, but kind yeah, of an inside yeah, right. trip. Yeah, I mean, because Marinelli was going for something, yeah, he was going those for something. weren't even real moves. It was just two dudes throwing each other, and Chenzo throws those hips in. I've never seen a more violent hip throw. Like, like I didn't. You know, I don't think we realize how strong Chenzo's hips are. Because he throws his hips in, and Marinelli, who had a body crunch on him, goes almost to his back, and then they, he gets his at, you know, he gets his dick down to the mat, you know, belt buckle to the mat, and gets out of it. No points, but I tell you what, the crowd went crazy. Right, they were like, crazy. everybody was just going nuts. The funniest thing about this match was. Right before that, they got into an over-under tie, and they were kind of circling to see what was happening. And in the crowd, the was crowd just goes crazy. Yep. Nuts. They go nuts. The nothing crowd, happened. Yeah, but everyone's no, like, "Yeah." They were just like, "Crowd was going nuts about those two." Like, sorry for in, yelling in, in an over. That's fine. In an over-under position, they both want to be there. That's the crazy thing. That's what I'm talking about. Mar- Look, why do, I know why Marinelli want to be there. I know there. why Vincenzo wants to be there. Look, sure. he's proven it. He won an, he won two NCAA titles doing does it. Does Marinelli want to be there? Marinelli beat him twice in that position before, though. So you talk about Vincenzo's hips. 
Marinelli's got just as powerful of hips. I mean, Marinelli is better. Than, this is going to sound dumb. He's better than we give him credit for because we think of Marinelli. What do we think of? The Jordan single, the double leg. Post, post, yeah, that stuff. Post, but, dude, Marinelli's got some tricks in his back pocket, and he's also got a set of balls the size of a Chevy, and he's ready to get after it, and that's what's impressive. This is a fun rivalry. He should stop doing that. But. What up? Where are you going with this? I think it's guaranteed they're going to be opposite sides of the brackets. Oh, absolutely. Okay? Yeah. I think Marinelli has earned the one seed. Vincenzo's he's definitely earned two or three. But there's some dudes in this weight. Shane Griffith. At least another guy, Shane Griffith, that could create some issues. Great season. Maybe. Beating Josh Shields twice, right? He's beat Shields. Dude, Shane Griffith has lots of good wins. He, he's beaten, I think, th- three or four of the, the, the other conference champs. He beat Schedule. He beat Whitlake. He beat Shields twice. I think there was one more, um, but it's, again, off the top of my head. But he's undefeated, conference champion. I think he's about 30-0 and on the year, 28-30-0, something like that. Uh, he's got some quality wins. There is a chance that when all is said and done, that his RPI could be a little higher than Vincenzo. I don't think it really matters. That's two, the three thing. in this weight class. I don't think it really matters. But you give me a Vincenzo Shane Griffith matchup all day long in the semis. Yeah. All day. That's a one. It's a match we haven't seen. I don't want to see Isaiah White and Vincenzo in the semis. All right. I don't want to see Josh Shields and anybody in the semis, especially Isaiah White. I don't want to see <laughs> <laughs> that. Would be no offense, Isaiah White. Isaiah White, but. Give me Shane this is a great way. and Vincenzo in the semis. That's going to be a hell of a match. This is a great way. And then not to take – also, Ben. Yo, Evan Wick. was the other news that came – yeah, talk. Evan Wick, you know, uh, I don't know anything about it. I know he obviously weighed in and defaulted first round to Lemley from Indiana, which means he's, he was not healthy enough to Didn't the point – step on the mat. Yeah. He was not healthy enough to the point where he couldn't even wrestle to make, like, the semis and then default to, like, get a guaranteed – Spot now we obviously know he's going to get an auto, or a wild card bid. I mean, are you kidding me? There's nobody more guaranteed to get a wild card bid than Evan Wick. He's going to get one, and he's still going to be a really high seed. But you know, he could have a quarter with a Vincenzo or Marinelli. This is going to be he had to have stepped on the mat because they got no. He stepped the on the mat. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, what I meant like he gotcha. He, he didn't wrestle like you see. Some no, but I was. The, I, I thought for a second I was like, did he even step on the mat? But you have to. You have to, to well, even be considered. Yep. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is like some guys will wrestle to where they get like say they're taking six. They'll wrestle to get to the semis and then default. You know, he didn't it, even do that. It's funny you say that about this weight though because you got Vincenzo Marinelli, um, Isaiah White. Uh, Ethan Smith. I mean, there's some great dudes there. Making the semis is never a guarantee in this in the Big Tens at this weight. Right. It's just not. Anyway. I, I, you know, and to kind of uh, to put a cap on the finals match, besides the fact that it was just so exciting, and to watch those two go over body, really what ended up winning it was Marinelli's persistence on those leg attacks. Uh, Vincenzo Joseph got in on deep doubles both times. Marinelli was able to just – keep his arm in on kind of an underhook both times, jack him up to the point where he could throw off those doubles. Nobody else in the country stops those doubles. Let me tell you that right now. I don't care. I agree with you. I don't care nobody who the hell else. you are. No. Maybe Shane Griffith. I haven't seen it. I'm, but Nobody else. Maybe. No, yeah. I But yeah. what was awesome and and um Ryan Holmes, um he's a contributor for Flow Wrestling. He made a really he made a really great point that I really didn't think about when in the moment when I was watching that match is Marinelli's he does have a single, but most of his shots are double legs and high crotches off of a post. And, yep. he, and he, then he transitioned yeah, to a single. He went what? double and high crotch off of a post all match against Vincenzo. 
So Vincenzo was thinking that side every time, and Marinelli hit that single with 15 seconds left and finished it. I really, truly think that, and and I would, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't think about that until I read what uh, Mr. Holmes said. Yeah, I'm a little pissed at you, man. I know. I should you have thought that about one up. it. Was that, you know what? What am I paying you for? He didn't bait him or anything, but... But all of those shots to the other side opened up that single leg, and it was a Jordan single, get on the feet, finish quick, beautiful shot for the bull to finish with time running out. And, uh, man, he he won that match. And he shows that he is much better than his two NCAA finishes and that he's a legitimate title contender. Of course. I know, but some, of course he is. some people say he chokes at the NCAA tournament. I, I just don't see it this year, guys. I, I'm Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I, I'm not in the kid's head that much. He's gone sixth and seventh. Um, they both lost in, the in, in, freaking, in his two years. What's his face last year? Um, oh, my goodness. Makai? Makai, yeah. Yeah, I mean, last year he lost to uh, Marsteller and, and Makai. Um, I mean, look, it, it is what it is, but, dude, he's every bit the talent to win the title. He's got to put it together. But this weight class, Ben, is going to be – it's going to get – Bat shit crazy, especially with seedings, and I'm going to tell you why. We already talked about Evan Wick, who didn't wrestle at this tournament because of injury, so he went 0-2. Then you got a guy like David McFadden getting beaten in the ACC finals by a guy like Jake Wenzel, okay? Not expecting that. McFadden's had an up-and-down year, but still, being Oof. a conference champ would have done big things for him there. You've got... He's going to have a gnarly seed, man. It, it, it's not going to be pretty. Um, then you got a guy like Kennedy Monday, who went 0-2. I'm sorry. Yeah, he went 0 and 2 ACCs. Kenny Monday was a top what? 10 guy. Hold on. Kenny Monday went 0 and 2. He lost 3 to 2 to Wenzel and 3 to 1 to Cameron Coy at the ACCs. Who? Kennedy Monday. No, who the hell is Cameron Coy? Cameron Coy. I think he wrestles for Virginia if I'm not mistaken. I think. Kennedy Monday yeah, he wrestles for Virginia. 0 and 2. He went at the 0 and 2. Okay. Then let's just keep talking a little bit. We know what you got in the Big 10, okay? Holy shit. You've got you got a guy like Whitlake, Travis Whitlake from from Oklahoma State, redshirt freshman. Right. All right. Who's twenty eight and two? Has two losses this year. He won, he just won the Big Twelve. His two losses, a one point loss to Marinelli, and a three point loss, I believe, to Shane Griffith. Now he doesn't have is the marquee wins like a lot of those guys does do. But I tell you this, he's beaten Jake Wenzel a couple times. He's twenty eight and two. He's wrestling well. Just won the MAC. So is he a guy that can make some noise? How about a guy like Ebdid Jarrell, who's a top 20 guy that I think just went 0-2 or 1-2 at EIWAs? It's going to get interesting. I dude. think Wentz will beat Romero. Or not Romero, um, Smith, too. Holy moly, that Wentz, dude. He might get... This... Tanner Schedule won the EIWA. This class is going to be crazy. This is going to be crazy seeded. Tanner Schedule won the EIWA out of Navy. Yeah. All right. 20-4. and 20-4. You know, so you got guys like him that could that have a case. They can make a case with their conference titles, their few losses, whatever quality wins they have to to get seated high, which is going to make it a nightmare for guys like who have to face an Evan Wick, a David McFadden, or whomever in the quarterfinals. Anybody, anybody stopping a Joseph Marinelli third trilogy this year? I, I think I there's only one no. guy that can. I, I, there's only one guy that can. It's Shane Griffith, and. Ooh, it remains to be yeah. seen what he has um, exp- at the big on the big stage as a freshman, but 
he has looked phenomenal this year, Ben. I know you were so high on him earlier in the year. You said he had. He had I'm still high on him to be, you know, kind of like the, you know, the the next Jason Nolf. Um, but he look, reminds me a lot of Jason Nolf right. the way he wrestles, just like a constant goer looking. He looks for the pin a lot, which I like. So I might not get it all the time, but he looks for it. I'm looking over his his resume here. He's got multiple wins against Josh Shields. Okay, he's got. A dominating win over Andrew Fogarty, who has four losses on the year and is a top-ten guy himself. He's got wins over Travis Whitlake. He's got wins over Ebda Gerald. He's got wins over Kennedy Monday, and that wasn't even close. He freaking pinned Ethan Smith. Dude, he's got so many quality wins, and he's not only winning them, but he's winning them in a dominant fashion. He can be juicy. He's the real deal. He can, he's going to either be the two or three. It's guaranteed. Oh, guaranteed. But again, give me him and Vincenzo in that semis, and it's fireworks, baby. Fireworks. Who's the four? Now we're talking like Wick, White, Whitlake. I mean, who the hell? Honestly, let's um, see. Hold on. Nomad put out a seeding thing. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to it real quick. Can I just? Yeah, I haven't looked at it, so I'll give you my go, take. Yeah, I think the four seed will come down between Travis Whitlake and Isaiah White. Isaiah White took third at the conference, if I'm not mistaken, at yeah. Biggs. Uh, he's got four losses on the year. So I think he's like twenty and four. His losses are to Vincenzo Marinelli, Wick, and. Vincenzo again. Um, it's either gonna be him or Whitlake at four. It's gonna be four or five right there. Well, you're you're just as good as anybody that gets paid to do this because he has Whitlake at four and White at five. Oh, so okay. There you go. And I promise I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> no, I, I believe you. <laughs> um, Whitlake has the conference title. Um, I think a guy like um, Isaiah White, who has two more losses, even though two of them are to Vincenzo. Look, no bad Probably loss a whatsoever. Schedule though. He's got a little bit of a tougher schedule. He's beaten Josh Shields multiple times. Beaten Ethan Smith. Um, Ooh, so White and, White and um, No, Whitlake didn't wrestle Shields I was thinking of Griffith, sorry No, Whitlake did not But White has multiple times He's beaten Shields uh, multiple times this year So I think there's a case to be made for Isaiah White at the 4 Either way, that's your 4-5 right there In my opinion My opinion Maybe Shields 6 Wick 7, McFadden 8 Holy shit uh, it, That's a freaking gnarly Freaking I mean, what about a guy like... Uh, That's Wick Marinelli quarter. People are, are... Are you kidding me with a Wick Marinelli quarter, hot dog? I mean, Marinelli beat him, what, 8 to nothing earlier this year? Was it 8 to nothing? Yeah, but I mean, Wick's beating him. No, that was the first time they wrestled. No, I'm just saying Wick has beaten him. Wick's beaten Vincenzo? Oh, Marinelli, I'm sorry, Marinelli, I'm thinking Vincenzo. Marinelli, I'm sorry. Marinelli, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, I'm sitting here looking at Vincenzo's freaking picture. Old meatball. <laughs> well, that's I love, weird. I love Is meatball. that your screensaver? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. actually, I just change it to your wife. So anyway. Hey. Oh, hey. Hey. One seventy four. Don't be too upset. I promise you, she is uh, partly clothed. Anyway, my apologies. So one seventy four, my man. Apologize. Another one of those uh, great rivalries. Uh, you mentioned earlier how you thought Nick Lee and Luke Pletcher was the best all year. Um, I really think that Mark Hall. And Michael Kimmer is shaping up to be the best this year. It's a great one. Um, you still have Marinelli and Joseph as well. Um, but this is this is the one. This is the rivalry that's got me most most intrigued. And again, we saw the guy that won the first time lose the second time, just like we did with Nick Lee, Luke Pletcher, Vincenzo Marinelli. Now with Mark Hall, Michael Kimmer. Michael Kimmer dominated Mark Hall in the duel earlier this year, and uh, Mark Hall, Mark Hall kind of put it to him. Interesting match, man. Like. It's hard to judge. Look, look, Mark Hall, Mark Hall won the match, and he was the better wrestler. But that two and two, the the two takedown and the uh, off of the. Uh, oh, we got back points. They gave back points yeah, in this they, tournament. They, they gave back points finally when a guy oh, was wow, on okay. his back. But well, it was off of the danger rule. State, of course. It was off the danger rule. And if you watch 
the um, camera, his fault. You watch his interview afterwards. He says, he said, I didn't know. He said he forgot which color he was. So when they went red danger, he thought that Hall was in danger. Bro, you're on your back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Have oh, you ever been sure. on top of somebody when they're on their back and you, they told you you were in danger? Right. You're not in danger. No, it was it was definitely Hall. It was Hall's move. I forgot which color I was. Bro, said. you're on your back. <laughs> well, they both were. But, I mean, it was definitely – Hall was on top of them. It was definitely Hall's points. 100%. Point. They were flip-flopping. That was called right. That, 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 that danger rule was called right. Hall won. But Hall, if you watch his uh, post-match interview, I don't think he was too happy with the fact that he gave up a takedown late to Kemmerer, and Kemmerer was coming on, on him, coming on to him late. Um, I think that's just athlete speak. Of course, they're gonna they're not gonna say, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really happy I won. I really don't mind the the takedown I gave up at the end." They're not gonna say, but, that. but I don't think that I don't think this match makes me think that Hall's better wrestler than Kemmerer. I think they're pretty damn even. Um, yeah, I think right there. I think that's the word. I think uh, they're very even. I think that while it was very much justified and right to get as hyped and ex- excited about Michael Kimmer's win against Hall earlier in the year. Um, take a step back and just remember how great Hall is and how great of a career he's had. Um, and uh, these guys, whether they're seated one or two, it doesn't matter. It, they're, to me, they're, they're head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah, Hall will be um, the one, right? Yeah, Mark Hall will be the one seed now. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, Mark Hall will be the one seed. I think, you know, obviously Kimmer the two, which is going to put Jordan Cutler at the three spot. Um, which is good for him. That's what he's. That's definitely what Jordan Cutler wants. He wants to be opposite of Mark Hall. He's four. He's zero, he's zero and four against Mark Hall in his career. So he'd rather give it another, give it a go against somebody else. Um, and assuming, I have to assume that if Jordan Cutler ever wrestles Mark Hall again, he's going to bring a a, a knife or a shiv uh, to the match with him <laughs> because he hasn't proven to be able to beat him yet. But is Lighty the four? Lighty. Because Lighty gave Hall a match. He, he really did, and he, he he finished third at this tournament, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think Lighty has a great, great case for it. I don't know who else would be the four. I mean, nobody's popping up off my head because Lighty's only lost. I mean, Steer's the only other guy that you can consider. I think Lighty beat Steer twice this year, or at least once. Steer's the only other guy you consider, and I mean, uh, I know you're Lighty right. Beat Lighty beat him twice. Yeah, so Lighty, Lighty would be the four. Yeah, which and I, I think that's good for him. Yeah, I think I think you'd rather go against, you know, because Kemmerer beat Lighty eight four, if I recall, and yeah. uh, Lighty Hall was five four. Um, now Lighty didn't wasn't able to really get anything going on against Hall, but you know Hall is such a lackadaisical wrestler at times. It's interesting. He just seems, I, I won't say that like he doesn't engage because he certainly engages, and he's got the potential to go big all the time. But you know he wins and. Sometimes it looks supremely impressive, like when he beats Zahid last year. And sometimes he wins, and it just looks like, ah, you know, what's the big deal about this guy? But Mark Hall's a guy that, look, he's so good. When he wants to pull the trigger and get after it, it's very, very hard to beat. I don't know why he doesn't more. He doesn't do it more. Um, He just kind of wrestled this style that, at times, is is not a lot of fun to watch. It's got it's worked out well for him, but he's got the talent that anytime he wants to, he can he can take down. Anybody in the country, he can even dominate the best in the country. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and this isn't a knock on him. What I'm saying is I think he could dominate more more if he wanted to. I just don't get it. Again, this weight class is going to be funky to seed. I mean, and at the end of the day, does it really matter? I think Just like Jordan Cutler probably wants to be away from Mark Hall, I got to assume that Michael Labriola wants to be away from Devin Skatska. Uh, they've gone back and forth throughout their career. 
Devin Scats has gotten the best of him this year. Um, Devin Scats probably wants to be opposite of Caleb Romero, who I think just took – wait, Romero took third, right? Fourth. Romero took fourth. Yeah, Romero took fourth. fourth. He's, he's beaten him twice this year. Yeah, he's beaten Scats twice. Scats could beat him once. It, you know, so Romero this, looked good. This weight class is going to be funky. I tell you what, and, you know, only because, you know, obviously I follow Ohio State. I, I was I was impressed with Romero. He, you know, his both of his losses were to Lighty close. He wasn't able to get a takedown on him, which, you know, Lighty's really hard to take down. But And that's, I think that's why he's so good against Mark Hall. Right. They wrestle, they're kind of similar in their styles a bit, kind of similar in their styles a bit. I think what everything that Lighty does Mark Hall does just a bit better, though. Yeah, right. You're exactly right. But 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 really nice job by Romero. I think he was the sixth seed, and he goes out there and he takes fourth. I think that's going to do him huge favors for seeding. He's top prob- seven. Yeah, he's going to be a, probably a top seven top seed. Top seven, top eight seed. Yeah, yeah. he's, well, he's going to be, definitely be seated above Skatska. Um, he he lost the Labriola early, but then Labriola didn't finish as high in the conference. Um, that's a pick right there, and I think that's a pick in a match, too. Uh, nice job by Caleb Romero to really turn it on and win the matches he needed to at um, the Big Ten tournament, especially one over a returning All-American, to get himself in the position to be to have a nice little seed at the NCAA tournament. And Ohio State's going to need that if they want a trophy. They're going to need Romero to get on the podium, and he's going to be set to do so. Yeah, exactly, man. It's like uh, we can we can talk about the Labriola and Romero situation and seeding ad nauseum, but... Uh, there's no point, really. The most impressive thing to me about Caleb Romero this weekend is the fact that, considering that last year he was a backup, this year is his first year starting. This is his first Big ter- Big Ten tournament, which is a massive, very, 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 very difficult tournament. And he, 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 he performs. He outperforms expectations. He goes out there. He finishes fourth, which tells me that maybe next week it won't. The lights won't be too bright for him. And, and, I, and he can and, win some matches yeah. and get on that podium, possibly. And that's the key, man. What, what's he gonna do? Like, I'm, I'm really, I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I'm happy the way that he's been able to make jumps. I will tell you this though. Um, I, I, I guess I just need to eat some crow for myself because all year long I just haven't been as convinced as you about Romero. But he did it this weekend. I mean, he convinced me this weekend that he's ready to compete next week. I think what's going to be interesting is where he gets seed versus a guy like Labriola. I mean, Labriola has, I think, 10 losses on the year. Yeah, yeah, he's got 10. You know, but he's also beaten Caleb Romero. And, and I think that we're talking probably and, and Labriola six. Labriola finished, what, fifth at Biggs? Was it fifth or sixth? I can tell you right now. I know. It, it, it was um, he finished fifth. He finished sixth. Sixth. Lost to Skaska. beat him eight to yeah. three. Lost to Skaska. I think, I think, this, I think that Romero's going to be seated above him. Above? Labriola. Even though Labriola has the win over him, Romero has – look, there's no way you can seed Labriola above Skatska, and there's no way you can seed Skatska above Romero because Romero's beaten him twice. Okay. So I think that you're going to see Romero maybe at the six. Okay, I'm not going to worry right now what, what spot they're at. Sure. I'm going to focus on whether Labriola is over Romero or not. And – Labriola has 10 losses this year. Three of them are to Devin Skatska. He's lost their last three matches they've wrestled. Um, prior to that, he'd beat him at Cliff Keen 7-5. to five. Obviously, you've mentioned Romero has the win over that. But all of Labriola's losses after that, I believe, are to Mark Hall, Mike Kimmer, and Dylan Liddy. Right. Okay, so you, you can't punish him for those losses because they're all going to be ahead of him anyway. Right. Then he's lost three matches to Devin Skatska. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and he's also beaten Romero. 
Right. Okay, he's, he's beaten Romero. Now, Romero's got the, the privilege of finishing higher at the Big Ten tournament than him, but give me, give me Romero's best wins. Honestly, his best wins, besides Skatska. Skatska. So does Labriola have better wins than him? He beat Skatska once. And then... And he lost to Skatska, too. You know, it's like they both lost, have a loss to Skatska. They both beat him. I think the bottom line is this. Here's where, here's where it's going to get tricky. they both lost to Mark Hall, Kimmer, Liddy. Here's where it's going to get Liddy, tricky. This is going to be weird. Right. You can't see... I don't think you can see Labriola over Skatska, right? And I don't think that you can see Skatska over Romero. And I think that's that's how Romero sneaks in there. It's a great case Rom- for it. Romero it abs- gets yeah. Romero is going to actually get a good seed based off the fact that he's beat Skatska the last two times they wrestled. It, it's a great case for it. Um, they both have wins over Skatska. They both have losses to Skatska. Other than that, the rest of their losses have come to the same guys. So maybe conference so, tournaments the big one. So conference I, plays now. What's the biggest component of the rubrics? Head to head. Right. Labrador so Labriola's got that one. He's yeah. got that, and that's like what twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. So you could go. That's. Where the problem for Caleb so, Romero is. So where do you go though? Four five. It doesn't matter whether four five, six seven. It doesn't. Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. But but, but this is this is like where I like to have this discussion. So do you go Skatska over Romero? Do you go Skatska Labriola Romero? It's going to be hard to do that. It's going to be hard to do that with two losses most recently with a head to head. So when you have a situation like this, Ben, and this is this is just my opinion. When you have a situation like this, and even though there's a seating committee. You let the numbers play out, and you just follow the rubric. Right. You just follow whoever the top three in order of that rubric is. You just follow that rubric. What's Anthony Valencia? Is is he is he is he still even a player? Because Romero did beat him, and and that might be his saving grace. I wonder. Valencia. You mean like as far as Valencia won his tournament? Yeah. You know he won his conference tournament, so that might be the one. He's got the loss to Romero, and then. You really kind of got to look at his, his his schedule to see how great his wins are. Um, they're not. They're not that great. And where I, you know, you got a guy like, um, you know, he lost to Steer. So Steer. I mean, you're looking at Steer being the four. Yes, Steer okay, being the four. So your one, two, three, four is obviously Hall, Kimmer, um, Cutler, and, and Steer. And then after that, oh, well, you, what about Lighty? Lighty, then maybe Steer probably. Well, Steer won his conference. He's got three losses. But I think he lost. But I think Lighty beat him. Yeah. Lighty beat him. So I okay. So I whatever. Hey, no, it's fun to talk about, man. There's your four or five then. Lighty yeah. and Steer at your four or five. It makes no difference. Yeah, at I the think end that of the day. Romero's your six, man. It's gonna be. I, I, I really you let do. the rubrics play itself out. That's what you do. Yeah. And that twenty five percent head to head is gonna be big because they're gonna go RPI. They're gonna go coaches. Yeah, but Labriola can't be seated above Skatska because you're talking about head to head again. He's got a win over him. Remember, when they wrestle each other more than once, they only count it once. Right. Okay? They only count it once for quality matches. So so, so Labriola could potentially one. be they're seated above Skatska? So they both have a win against Skatska, both have a loss. Skatska's got multiple wins over Labriola. Labriola has the win over Romero. That could be crazy if Skatska's the six. Or, excuse me, Labriola's the six, Romero the seven, Skatska the eight. Skatska could be, Skatska could be seated higher than the three of them. Who knows? Yeah. I'm just saying. It's going to be funky. Funky Cole Medina. Speaking of funky, tell me how them wasn't back points against Vins and Brooks at 184. <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> Ref number five. I know. Yeah, I got your number, baby. I'm calling your mom. <laughs> I'm going to have a stern conversation with your mama, too. Hey, I'm writing him a letter right now. Write a letter. I want it to come from the official inside legal trip. counsel of I mean, the inside trip. I love it. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin A. Watson. A. Watson, Esquire. 
Like Bill and Ted, Esquire. Esquire. But here's the thing. It don't matter anyways because Brooks slapped that cradle on him and pinned him. He did. He looked good, hey, man. What's one of the first things they teach you in wrestling? Keep your head away from your knee. Because what happens when you, your head's by your knee? You're going to get cradled. You're going to get cradled. And you think that you think that a guy that lives by doing cradles would realize that. His head was so freaking far close to his knee, it might have been past his damn oh, knee. Oh, his, his head was behind his knee. Yeah. Like he was smelling his knee pit. He was, like, was sweating. He was he's like, like there's no sweating. way Brooks is going <laughs> to. <laughs> you like that, don't you? Oh, I did. <laughs> there's no way that Brooks is. There's no. <laughs> I think Vince was saying, you you got lost in there. What is up with Vince, by the way? Vince was saying, there's no way that you're going to cradle me. And Brooks just said, oh, watch this. Brooks just looks like one ball of muscle, by the way. He really does. He's a good-looking freshman, ain't he? Oh, I mean, he he, he looks great when he wrestles, yes, Ben. I haven't seen him in a pair of That's what I mean, though. He's a good-looking wrestler, man. Oh. He's a good-looking wrestler. I mean, Ben, I mean, look, he's 15-1. and one. He just won the Big Ten as a freshman. He's, his name is in the mix as a title contender. I mean, he's in contention for the top spot on the podium. And this weight class, more than any, the top spot is up for grabs. Whew. So, Zahid didn't wrestle. Unfortunately. That's, um, that's a really... Said he was skiing instead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, All right. It's an anticlimactic uh, finish to a career that What's was so What's wrong with great. that, hitting the Alps? A lot of mountains out there. I'm trying to have a serious conversation. Yeah, I can tell. I'm just sad that he didn't get to wrestle, man. I'm, I'm... It's, um... It's a shit situation that ended. And we don't have all the information, but we do know that... He didn't wrestle. So we'll just leave it at that. Move all on. Right. All right? So we got the weight class wide open. It's hard for me to move on. Move I, on. I'm weight class on. is wide open. Aaron Brooks just won the Big Ten. Um, one loss on the year, 15-1. and one. So he qualifies for RPI, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, qualify. Obviously, the coach is making all that kind of stuff. Um, this, this weight's going to be crazy. I thought that Cam Caffey had a really nice tournament. Um, he, I, I picked him to actually win it because I picked him to beat Vens, who he'd beaten earlier in the year. Um, Brooks obviously played spoiler there. Uh, you know, Caffey was able to do what I think a lot of people weren't expecting, and that was to win the match again against Assad. When they first wrestled, Assad was all over him the entire match, but Caffey was able to come out with the victory. This time he was able to even get another takedown, come out with the victory and he gave Brooks a really nice match at the end. In fact, it was, what was it, one-to-one going into the finals, going into like the last 30 seconds of the match. Almost positive. Kathy's really hard to score on. And he reminds me a little bit of like a, um, well, he, he's, he's one of those guys, too, that doesn't exert a lot of energy unless he needs to. You know what I mean? He seems really fluid in his matches. He he hand fights in a different way, and it's more of a positional hand fighting rather than a brawler type hand fighting. And I like that because it makes it really hard for people to get in on his legs because he's so unorthodox with the way that he hand fights and the way he engages. He certainly has. He's certainly going to be a player in this match, or excuse me, in this weight class. But Brooks, that pin over Vens was just. It was. It was smart wrestling. It, yeah, it was. It was. It was a guy that isn't wrestling like a freshman to be able to do that. And then his methodical win, getting the takedown when he needed to over Kathy. Kathy at the end of the match. Um, hats off to this young man. I think that he's he's up there. Uh, it's gonna be interesting where he gets seated. It won't be the one, obviously, but um, I think he's he's a, he's a player. He's a player in this in this tournament. And for people that didn't watch the finals, I think what's really impressive about his finals match with Caffey is 
Ben alluded to the point that he got the takedown at the end, but he also went into the third period down one to nothing. So he had to score three points. He scored three points in the third there to get the win over Caffey. Um, hats off to both of them. It was a great match. They're both players in this. I'm not quite sure why you say he doesn't have a case for the top seed. I'm not quite sure yet. His only loss this year was 9-5 to five to Venz, um, which he just avenged. And, you know, he just won the Big Ten. How many losses does Bolin have? Bolin's got two. Bolin has two losses. Everybody has multiple losses except for Venz. Now, Venz has only wrestled 16 ma- – I'm sorry, Brooks. Brooks has only wrestled 16 matches yeah. this year. But Bolin's losses are to Nino Bonacorsi, uh, and obviously um, earlier in the season he lost to uh, um, to Lujan, who he also uh, avenged as well at the same tournament. And 15. I guess that both of those guys would be seated above Venz at the tournament, right? Who's Brooks's only loss. Yeah, that's you know what? It, it's possible. There's a case to be made. There's definitely a case you to know, be made, yeah. It, it basically comes down to Lujan, Bolin, and Brooks. And, you know, we just talked about Bolin's losses. When you look at Lujan's two losses, you know, he lost to um, – we just said that he lost to uh, lost to, to Bolin, Bolin and he beat Bolin. And it's 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 Bolin, it's Hidley. The problem is it's Hid- it. It's it. He's got two losses: Bolin right. and Hidley. And Bonacorsi is undefeated against Hidley. Hidley, but what does Bonacorsi have to do with this? Not Bonacorsi. I mean Bolin. Oh yeah, yeah. He's undefeated uh, against Hidley. Yeah, Bolin. I'm just making the case that it, it'll get it'll get interesting for that one C between Lujan, Brooks, and Bolin. Maybe they give it to Brooks. It's possible. I don't know. It's possible. I would guess Bolin. I, I, I'd probably guess Bolin is the one. Brooks maybe the two. I guess again, you go back to that rubric. What does the rubric say? You know, yeah, who's what got, is who's the, got the better wins? Who's got the you know the, the quality wins? The head to head. If there is anything like that, I know they all got great wins. None of them had bad losses, and they all won their conference. So seating committee figure it out. What does Nomad have? You read yeah, that article. I just, what does pulled, he have? I just pulled it up. He's got Bolin one. Lujan, two, Brooks, three, Dupre, four, Hidley, five, and Andrew Morgan from Campbell at six. Interesting rubric. He, I mean, he understands the rubric better than any of us. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, he's a lot got, of things, man, he's got really the quality win Andrew piece. Morgan at here's, six. Yeah, here's the thing about the quality win piece. Because I would see Caffey above, above Morgan, right. honestly. And now Morgan... Probably won his conference. He won his conference. So and, and the quality win pieces wins against NCAA qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't they don't say a win against a returning national champ and the win against the guy that barely gets in count the same for quality wins. Right. That's where the for quality wins they is. do, and that's where the unfortunate disparity is. RPI is different. Now, Caffey also beat Morgan earlier this year. Caffey beat him twelve to four. He must have. Damn, he must have a, a bad loss or two. Who? Caffey. I'm pretty certain Caffey. He lost to Embry. Always has a bad loss or two. Yeah. You know, Dylan Wisman. Yeah. Zach Carlson. Oh, your boy Billy Janzer. Yeah. Who you're so high on. Tanner Harvey. Hit all of his losses. <laughs> like Zach Braunigle. Come on, Caffey. Cam, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> but he, he's looked good, though. But coming he's on. good. And honestly, with that head-to-head over Morgan, I think there's a case to be made there that Cam Caffey could be seated the sixth. Yeah. Beat, beat aside twice. Yeah, yeah give, give him the damn there, six. There's a case. Give him the damn six. Um, anything else that like kind of like okay, so Vens comes back and takes um, takes third, beating Assad. Um, you know, 
I, I think there's, I think Ben still has something to say about this weight class. I don't mean I seating do too, wise, ben. but I, this I dude really ain't dead. do. He's this a dude guy that yet. he's just a guy that none of them want to wrestle. And I mean, he had Brooks almost decked on the side. Yeah, I don't know how there wasn't two and four there, or yeah, two. He got the what two. The I don't know how there wasn't wrong with him? four there either. I I don't know, but Vince is a guy again. It's a guy that took what fourth as a freshman. Yeah, round of twelve last year. You want to see Vens early? Say he gave Zahid, Valencia Zahid's best match eight. all year. Say he's the eighth seed and Brooks is the one seed. You want? You think Brooks really wants that in the quarters? Man, and as talented as Brooks is, who? Oh God, the freshman or the grizzled veteran? Right. Ooh, it's, that, I'm telling you, this weight is crazy. Give right? Him the eight. This weight crazy. It, it, it's batshit crazy because the fact that Zahid's out. Who are the? You got the top ten in front of you at all? I do. Can you, can you give me the top ten? Maybe even eleven or twelve. I just really want to hear it, so I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. I'm going to give them to you in not-so-whatever order. It's Lujan, Hidley, Bolin, Dupre, Brooks, Bonacorsi, Venz, Caffey, Abasad, Zach Carlson. There's 10. Now let's get into uh, 11 and 12. Anthony Montavo, who uh, who took third in the Big 12 for Oklahoma State. You got Andrew Morgan as well right there, who I believe just won the, uh, the SoCon. Uh, and then after that, that's when it gets – you're kind of getting into some different tiers, but you still right. have guys like Johnny Sebastian, Dylan Wisman. Um, I know your your favorite dude, Rocky Jordan. Um, <laughs> I give me eight of those guys to have a chance to win it. One hundred percent. You think there's eight dudes that in any day and giving a day could win this tournament? Without a doubt, I don't think no argument many, whatsoever. There's not that many weight classes you can say that. There's zero weight classes you could say that. And I'm not talking about eight that could potentially win it, but like oh, legit have a chance. Yeah. I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking like you put eight in a round robin. Now nobody's coming out on, on alive. Oh, you put eight in a royal rumble. Nobody's coming out alive. I'd like to see that. I'd love to see it with a ladder, ladder match, cage oh, match. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to spit swapping wrestling spit match. Spit swapping. <laughs> okay, one uh, one ninety seven. Actually, before we move on there. I can't even. I don't even know what I can say. You just spit swapping. Uh, <laughs> it's it's an it's an old, old funny calling thing. I got you. Um, both of us kind of looked a little turdish here. Uh, at eighty four, both of our both of our sleep, both of our sleepers turded out. Who was our sleepers? <laughs> I said, "Watch out for uh, Janzer," and you said, "Watch out for Bronigal." <laughs> oh, in the Big Ten. Yeah, and both of them were like, Pah. "Did Janzer win a match though?" Yeah, he he. Uh, like a legit win? Yeah, he beat uh, he beat uh, Jack Jessen from Northwestern, and that's it. And Bronigal uh, said, beat Jelani Embry, and that's it. Yeah, we, 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 he beat. <laughs> we both we both whoa. gave some bad advice there. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might have been we might have been a couple drinks deep when we were talking up Bronigal and Chancer. <laughs> oh man, that's awful. I'm embarrassed. It happens. I'm really embarrassed. It happens. We gave Johnny Sebastian no love. That was dumb. Honestly, though, my sleeper would have been Aaron Brooks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tight one. Speaking of sleepers, somebody finally fucking woke up. Shakur Rashid. Yeah, I mean, looked better this tournament than he had all season. I don't know what causes that, like what flips that switch or not. Um,. It, but obviously, I mean, he injury defaulted out against Jacob Warner at this tournament as well. And I think that's the important thing. He lost a close one to Eric Schultz, and then he injury defaults out to Warner in this tournament. Was that precaution? It's hard for me to believe so. The match was three minutes deep, or almost three minutes right. deep. So did something else happen? 
Um, either way it goes, it, it, it doesn't spell for great things for him. It was nice to see him go out there and do what he did. Him beating Warner was Warner, a, a nice to win. One. That's a great win. And he looked good. He looked a little shakurish of old. So even in the first match, he ended up getting a takedown, and he goes cross-face cradle and pins the dude in a minute. I'm like, oh. Oh, here we go. Shit, that, that's Shakur go. Rashid. And then he goes out there, and he beats Warner 3-1. I'm like, oh, okay, this is Shakur Rashid. Well, he, and he did something after that that I didn't even think he was what was possible for him, and that's give Eric Schultz a match. Yeah, give Eric. Because I'm that high match. on Schultz. I'm yeah. that high on Schultz. Schultz is finalist. Finalist potential, for sure. Um. Oh, give me and, no Adams. And yeah, well, I think it's going to be Schultz 3, Adams 4. Or, excuse me, Adams 2, Schultz 3. But anyways, so Shakur looked great on the top side, right? I mean, I shouldn't say great, but he, he looked a lot better than he has all season. He looked better in the matches we got to see him wrestle than he has all season. And then he goes out there, and the Bruner. the default is what I'm concerned about. Br- well, Bruner, I'm concerned about Bruner, too. Bruner's been hurt all season, and Bruner... Um, I think Bruner hurt himself in his match in the duel against Lucas Davison from Northwestern. And, Davison, by the way, is... It's pretty sneaky good as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think Bruner's been right since then. I'm I'm gonna kinda go maybe not so fast on the uh you know, the uh the the Eric Schultz thing as far as the, the three seed because you know, you still got Ben Darmstadt out there who's twenty eight and six and I don't know uh, he's got one legit loss at one ninety seven. He won his conference, didn't he? And he won his conference and he only has one actually loss at one ninety seven and matches wrestled. It's not a good loss. It was sixty three to Whitman. Six to three to Brandon Whitman from North Carolina. Schultz lost uh Schultz lost to anybody besides more this year. Um, he lost to Warner once, I think. So but he won his conference, so three four is gonna be a battle. Because Noah Adams, who's undefeated for West Virginia and has looked amazing this year, doing not only on his way to an undefeated conference championship season this year. He's also done it by reversing some guys, you know, matches against guys who beat up on him last year, most notably Jake Woodley and Dakota Gear. Noah Adams has flipped those, and he's just beat the shit out of them this year. He's 32-0. and That's your two seed. So Schultz lost to Lane Thomas and Woodley. It's Thomas from Cal Poly. Yeah, and, yeah and not, actually, he's not bad. And Woodley, who's not bad. And then his only other two were to Colin Moore. Then give me the, the conference champ, Darmstadt, who's got one loss at the weight. Yeah. Because so, the only count matches wrestled at the weight, Ben. I, I just don't like it because I, I think the last person that Moore wants to see is Schultz. They're, the matches are always so damn close. I, I think that's a fair point, Ben. You know, um, I mean, it's four what, to one. And I, and I think people say, oh, why is Colin Moore wrestling this guy named Schultz so close? Well, go back two years ago. They wrestled at the Cliff Clean, and it was like 13 to 12. I mean, Schultz, and then overtime in a duel last year. People don't realize that. Schultz took more to overtime in the duel last year. Schultz is given, gives more one of the worst matchups out of anybody. They got a similar body type. They wrestle similarly. You know, I think that Moore doesn't want to. I mean, I think if Moore had his choice, he would just be like, hey, I'd rather wrestle Ben Darmstadt than Schultz in the semifinals. <laughs> to be honest with you. Probably. You know, it sounds crazy, but. It's a better matchup for him. Yeah. Stylistically. Right, because Ben Darmstadt loves to give up the legs, and, and Colin Moore is really good at finishing. People forget that Schultz, Schultz was a big, big recruit that kind of got overshadowed in the Chad Red, Labriola, Taylor Venz, and all that kind of stuff. Isaiah White hoopla. Right. Like he got overshadowed by all of that. Um, and he's got really good wins throughout his career. He's had a great season this year. I, I do think it's a bad matchup for Colin Moore, probably who you don't want to see at the four. But that's going to be tough to figure out who that three, who that four is. But I say, I, I don't know how you don't give it to, to Darmstadt. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah. I think that you make good sense there. I think you make good sense there. Anything else in this weight class? Um, 
Let's he, talk Noah Adams for a second. He did have a beard. Noah Adams, what do you think of his chances to not only navigate the bracket from the two spot at Nationals, but his chances against a guy like Colin Moore? So Noah Adams has got this this really interesting ability to um, try to pull up his wrestle stat. I'm sorry, I got it right here. Um, but, but I've watched him wrestle. The dude's 32 and 0 this year. He, he's he's excellent. Last year, I think that he was uh, um, an NCAA qualifier, won a match um, against uh, uh, Brandon Whitman, who who has a win over Ben Darmstead. Um, Noah Adams, where I think I really got ex- really excited about him is when he beat the shit out of Nathan Traxler. It's a, it, it's a Southern scuffle, and then right after that, he beat Dakota Gear by a fall in one minute. And I said, okay, so this dude not only is good, but he's a pinner. Okay, he's he's a non-traditional style wrestler. He's got traditional style technique that he certainly can execute well, and that's the, those are the most dangerous pinners. Brandon are the ones that can beat you regularly, but then also have that pinning ability in the back pocket. We all know the guys that really they're big move guys and they live and die by the big move. And hey, they can pin anybody, but other than that, they probably don't have a chance. But Noah Adams has a chance to be able to beat you traditionally, but also really put you in some awkward positions that you haven't felt yet and I think the best thing that's going from Noah Adams is Colin Moore's never felt him oh a guy like without a doubt a guy like that if you want if you feel him once or twice you could probably figure him out a little bit if you're an elite level wrestler like Colin Moore but if you never felt him before he's going to put you potentially in a position that you might feel uncomfortable with Noah Adams definitely has a shot I think he's a big underdog. He's a huge underdog. But he's got a shot. He's a huge underdog, and here's the thing. He's the two, right? Oh, He's undefeated. Without a doubt, he's the two. Okay. And he's got phenomenal wins throughout this I'm year. I'm just trying to think who else is in this weight. Darmstadt well, uh, would be Darmstadt, the only guy. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, yeah, Darmstadt is, would be, you know, and then you talked about Schultz. and. Uh, yeah, it's Noah Adams. You got me off track. Anyway. All right. Just asking questions. Noah Adams, look, I get it. 10 out of 10 matches, he's a heavy underdog against Colin Moore. In one match, he's a heavy underdog against Colin Moore. If he can navigate the bracket and make it to the finals against Colin Moore, you don't got to be the better wrestler. You just, for an entire season, got to be the better wrestler for one match. And anything can happen. You said he's never felt Colin Moore before. And people, if you haven't watched Noah Adams wrestle and you have watched Colin Moore, Noah Adams is pretty much every bit as athletic as Colin Moore is as well. Oh, and yeah. You talked about how impressed you were when he pinned Traxler at the Southern, Southern Scuffle and he pinned Gear in the duel after that. Where I was most impressed was after watching him get beat down on last year twice by Jake Woodley. When they dueled this year, he beat Jake Woodley 6-1, to one and it, was, it wasn't even close. Which shows he's gotten better. He's, right? made, he's made big jumps. Yeah, it shows that Jake Woodley, you know, a really good wrestler, um, he didn't make the type of jumps that Noah Adams did. And I think it's worth looking at when you look at guys that lose previous years, especially young guys, okay, especially young guys, because he's only a sophomore. When young guys lose in their red shirt freshman year and true freshman year to guys, and then they beat them pretty convincingly the next year, oh, you know that guy made a jump. You know that that guy made a jump. He's made a jump this year. Guys, I'm not saying I'm – I'm obviously rooting for Colin Moore, man. I think that this guy is – I'd like to see Colin Moore get a title. Yeah, you're damn right. People forget that Colin Moore was not really a big recruit at all. (laughs) But anyways, um, I think that we – I think it would be silly – 
to guarantee that that Colin Moore, guarantee Colin Moore is going to walk to a title. I mean, Noah Adams, a dude that that is going to. Now that said, we've seen funky dudes. Not not saying Noah Adams is super funky, but dudes that that like you know go for stuff and that are kind of funky, like uh, Ben Darmstadt, like Shakur Rashid, like who's the dude Weigel, stuff like that. We've seen Colin Moore really beat the shit out of him. Where we really were Colin going, Weigel wasn't really funky. He was like, if I get a takedown, I'm gonna right. get that crossroads tilt and just try to turn you right. for days. Where Colin Moore has actually been struggled the most is against real solid guys that don't open up a lot, like an Eric Schultz. I mean, I, I mean, uh, he struggled against Bo Nickel, and Bo Nickel's pretty funky. What the? So I'm just throwing that out there. Yes, that's uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really don't Your know what else to taken. say. Your points taken. That, yeah, Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel's pretty much uh, amazing. Your points taken. But what I'm saying is I think that Colin Moore does a really good job of catching. Like, I could easily see Noah Adams putting himself in a position where Colin Moore's like, oh, I'm going to carry you to your back. You know what I mean? That's a great point, and I'll just play devil's advocate and throw freaking uh, Kyle, what's-his-face at you? Kyle Connell. Kyle Kyle Connell. Yeah, Kyle, Jesus Christ. Kyle Kyle Connell at you and say, as good as he is against some guys in certain positions, he's also shown a struggle, a propensity to struggle in other, you know, situations as well. That's why. That's what makes this weight so interesting. Is that even with Colin Moore, who's been so dominant this year and so head and shoulders above everyone else, you have a guy who's kind of quietly flown under the radar to a thirty-two and zero season this year. Super quiet. Who with great wins, great wins. Very who was solid. a big recruit, a much bigger recruit than uh, than Moore was, I believe. Um, uh, probably about a top 50, top 60 recruit. Yeah, I would say that. And then it's you can't forget about him, you know? No. I, I, I'm interested to see the match. He's going to be there. And I mean, I have heard that if you win your conference, you will be at the, the National Championships wrestling. There's no or doubt about that. at least weighing in or walking around in team gear. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. How about a boy gas tank Gary qualifying for the NCAA tournament? I know that there's a lot of other really cool stories out there and people winning their conference and blah, blah, blah. But I couldn't be more excited about Gas Tank Gary getting an NCAA qualification spot. That is awesome. What did he place at this tournament, Ben? He took sixth, which he was seated. Okay, so seated sixth, took sixth, qualifies, automatic qualifier yeah. to the national tournament. I mean, honestly, Ben, outside of like the big-name dudes, I don't know if there's a bigger story this year than what, or at least a more... Uh, you know, fan friendly. You know, kind of like you know, feel good story of the year than what what Gary has been able. Gary Trout has been able to do. Yeah, it's a guy that was a state runner up a few years ago in Ohio high school at one ninety five, going all the way up to heavyweight. Wasn't even supposed to start this year. He was third on the depth chart. Kirk Fleet. Um. Uh, uh, oh my God. Singletary. Singletary, and then him. Hey, listen. I, I, he I, was I, bagging groceries literally eighteen hours a week. When Tom Ryan was like, "Hey, you gonna start for us? You gotta stop doing that shit, buddy." That's insane. Like I know. Hey, we need you to wrestle, okay? So I'm gonna need you to stop working. I'm gonna need you to start showing up to practice, son. <laughs> right, so, come on. No. They gave him a scholarship. I know, dude. Awesome. I mean it, it's 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 phenomenal. And I love it. And I wish for nothing more than for him to win a match with the NCAA tournament because I tell you what, he'll he remember that shit for the rest he of his life. Absolutely can against this field. I mean, he's it's not only has he was he Made the starter when he wasn't supposed to. He's actually had a really good season. He's he's beaten some good dudes. He's wrestled some uh, some of the greats really close. Um, 
placed a Big Tens, man. Automatic qualifier. Hell, placed, good for you, Gary, man. Good for you, Big Gary. Big Tens, man. That's really cool. Sixth place. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Automatic I'm, qualifier. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited about that. Um, we got to see the match that we were all talked about. We did. Not quite as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I know it was close. I think you know, because it probably Stevenson wasn't as close as the score indicated. No. Stevenson, no, Steven, Stevenson, oh my gosh. Just say Gable, please. Just keep it at that. That way you don't got to worry about him. We don't got to get reviews about his name. <laughs> you know, he, is he, to you, is he as frustrating as he is to me? Because I'm like, hey, dude, just go out there and beat the shit out of someone. Like, kind of like Mark Hall. Like, why are you just scoring when you want to? Because every time you want to, you score. It's beyond that for me, Ben. It has not. Okay, yes. Early last season, that was my frustration. And then my frustration turned into the fact that he has these antics that he will do against guys that he knows he's going to beat or he is currently beating. Where was that Muhammad Ali shuffle against Anthony Kassar last year? Oh, no, nope. wasn't there. Wasn't there. So that's the shit that frustrates me. Is here's a guy that could have been a transcendent heavyweight in college wrestling, absolute transcendent. I mean, if he devoted his himself to it mentally, physically, just all in, not not border whatsoever, he would have been not only one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, one of the greatest wrestlers of all, wrestlers of all time. Maybe the best ever. Really do it changed. Heavyweight. Really, you know. Oh man, ah, it just gets me anyway irritated, but. It's the antics. Last year, I believe it was the head shove against the Michigan wrestler. I think he did the Muhammad Ali thing last year as well. They I don't just mind the it. Muhammad Ali thing. I don't if like you it, go, ben. If, if you go out there and then go and beat the shit yeah. out of him. Well, you know what? Do it against guys like Kassar. Don't don't act like you're afraid to take a shot on him. Right. Okay, so if you're going to do it against one, do it against everybody. That's my thing. Mark Hall, while frustrating to watch from a an excitement perspective, and you know that he's got the talent to do whatever he wants, he doesn't cross that line for me. His is just kind of like the good old, look, I'm going to be the villain, and um, yeah. I'm going to celebrate, and you're not going to like it. I think Mark Hall's actually probably a good dude, and that's what the most unfortunate. I've heard nothing yeah. but, the, but that exact thing. That's the most unfortunate thing about it is because I even tweeted that. It's like I, I want to hate him so bad for that Bo, that Bo Jordan match a long time ago, but I even can't. I, mean, I can't we, even hate him. Because, we can root against him. Yeah, oh, but, sure, oh, I, no, sure. I'm going to hate him. No, but Stevenson is a guy that I don't know if I would really – I'm not so so sure how much I like Gable. Every time he pulled the trigger against Paris, he took him down, and it was beautiful. He took down a man, a 250-pound man, in just such elite fashion that I'm not sure other dudes can just do that. But then he, you know, it was eight to six. It was eight to six. It was it was it was an underwhelming score to a dominant match. I mean, it was a dominant match, Brandon. We thought that Mason Paris had a shot. He ain't got no shot, brother. He he does not have a shot against Gable Stevenson. Nothing that I saw in that match makes me think that Gable Stevenson has any chance to beat, or excuse me, Mason Paris has any chance to beat Gable Stevenson. Maybe nothing you saw in that match indicates that, but there's a few tangibles that I think that, that, that does, and that's where I'm going to say I still think that Mason Paris has a chance, even though Gable has announced himself as the clear favorite because of what just happened but one Paris's trajectory is just still upwards at a very very high level and he's shown that every time he wrestles people he continues to get better and better um I also believe that Gable is the type that if he thinks he's got you you can act bored and disinterested I don't think Paris is the guy to do that against okay um because he's going to be going after it I also think look 
it was four to two at the end of the first, and I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Paris almost had a takedown at the end of the first that would have made it four to four. I think that changes things up a little bit. I think he almost had a takedown twice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that changes things up a little bit. How many people outside of Anthony Cassar have been close to getting takedowns against Actually, Gable? Paris got one. Now that I remember, Paris got one at the end of the match. Right. So, right he did. But yeah. but I'm thinking about. The other ones that could have went that way. There's not a lot of people that said they could say that they've been close to taking down Gable. Um, so wait, no, I, he didn't get it. Never mind. He didn't get a takedown. No, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I'm kind of trying to watch the end of this match right now as we're talking. He it was the Mark. He, I'm thinking Mark yeah. Hall, Michael Cameron. Yeah, he didn't get it. I'm sorry. Match. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Either way, what, seven to five is the final score. Eight to five. Seven five. Yeah. Seven five. And I do think there was a couple of takedowns that Paris was close to that should. It, he has a chance to finish those in the future. He's, you know, they were that close to being takedowns. So I, I do see a path for him to still win. Talent-wise, though, he absolutely should not. I just don't understand it. I, I guess, and, and you know what? It's it's two dudes, me and you, sitting here drinking beer as people that love wrestling that were never that talented. I need another one, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Get one. Um, I ain't got talking, but... It's two dudes that sit here with, with, that have never even come close to that type of talent. Never even come close to even sniffing that type of talent. It's hard for us to understand why you don't elevate yourself. I rode an to, elevator with David Taylor and I was kind of sniffing him. Yeah. That guy's. As much as we diss David Taylor. Don't do it. That guy has. I'm sorry to say that guy's one of the most talented wrestlers. Oh, he's amazing. In the world of all time. It's crazy. But. It's, I guess I just don't get it with guys like Gable. Like, what's his... Is there a mental... Were you not block? held enough as a child? Like, right. did you not get enough attention or something? What's the issue? I don't get it. Like, yeah, what's the issue? Like, why why do you feel the need to do some of the stuff? I just don't understand. Because he's so good. He, he could easily, if he devoted him... I'd give him a hug. Like, if you didn't get enough hugs, I will give you a hug next next Wednesday. All right, I'll give you a hug. He could be a senior world champion multiple times over. He could. We'll Agreed. see. We'll Agreed. see if he is. What else well, you got at this weight? Because outside the Big Ten, it's really not a lot of excitement. I tell you what. I tell you what. It's not. It's you know Hilger. Is there anyone Cassio outside? We beat Hilger again. <clears throat> and anybody Cassio- outside of Gable or Paris to make the finals? There's your one or two. Seats. No, Cassiope. Stevenson actually did put it on Cass. So let's give him some props there. It was a close match the first time they wrestled. Stevenson did put it on Cassiope. Stevenson. 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 You act like you didn't like Cassiope that didn't much. did put it on Cassiope 9-4. to four. Um, Hilger. Um, uh, Paris beat him 4-0. to zero. I think those are some pretty clear, Matt. Pretty, pretty clear. Just, I think outside of there, you, you start to get into a damn mess. Uh, Jordan Wood. Does Hilger not look like a guy that wears a jean jacket and drives a Trans Am? Hilger looks like a bad man. Like yes. he's listening to Iron Maiden in his Absolutely. mom's basement? Dude, Hilger... By the way, those are all compliments as well. In case no, those wondering. aren't. Hilger could definitely be a top three, top four guy. But you got... Took Tan- fourth last year, yeah, right? you got Tanner Hall, Jordan Wood, Hilger. I'm literally going off the top of my head. Tate Orndorff had a terrible tournament. I'm not even sure he qualified. Um, and he'd had a great season. Uh, who else? What's and the... two and two. I mean, lost to Brian Andrews, the conference champ, seven to three in tiebreaker two, and then also lost to Hokett in sudden victory. Hokett. I don't call that a bad tournament. He lost to well, an All American, and then Andrews won. Andrews won the weight, though. You know, I know thirty and seven on the. What's year. the What's the top? You got the weight class up? I do. 
What's the top eight in this weight? Top, actually, top ten. Give me the top ten, because I'm bored. Gable, Paris, Stencil, Cassiope, Hilger, Wood, Tanner Hall, Demetrius Thomas, Tate Orndorff, um, Slava Slava from Harvard, who has looked really good this year. He was a freshman. champ. Um, and then you got Hokit, Hino, Brian Andrews. Outside of that, it's kind of like you have your your, your first tier is probably going to be Gable and Paris. Then you got this tight second tier that's like Stencil, Cassiope, Hilger, and Wood. And then after that. It's where it falls off to like you wouldn't put Hall, Hall or no, no. Okay, that's fair. That's well, fair. I mean, he's twenty. Okay, oh, that's fair. I'm not. I wouldn't actually. I wouldn't put Hall. In yeah, there. I'm just just asking a question, hot dog. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. I think. Yeah. It, it's just. I, I don't want to belabor this. It's just. Uh. I, I, the Big Ten is probably the, the top dogs here at the at the at the weight class for sure, and I'm not just talking about one and two. I think that. I really like Cassiope and Hilger, too. I think they're great, great wrestlers. Agreed, man. Um, what do you think about the the, the conference finish, though? Um, and if, uh, if you give me a second here, I'll tell you. I mean, Iowa obviously won the title. They 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 really kind of outpaced everyone else. Where they have about 140 points or so. They had 157. 157. Um, How very Nebraska? impressive in Nebraska. You know, everybody talks about Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa. Um, Nebraska kind of finally did what we have been waiting on them to do, and that's go out there and kind of put it together like the team they are because they got a great team. We spent an entire pod, half a podcast on them earlier this year, talking about how we thought that they definitely had a shot to make a tro- to, to, to get a trophy. They looked good. I think where they're going to struggle from a points perspective at the NCAA's is that they don't really have a guy that you could see you're penciling in for the finals. You know, exactly. But what they do have. Is a pretty well balanced team. I mean, it, Alex Thompson. I don't even think he qualified, did he, or did he? Did Thompson qualify I at twenty five? Regardless, is obviously a hole. Ridge Lovett's been a big difference maker for them this year. Ridge Lovett and what he's been able to do stepping in at one thirty three has been a big difference maker. Um, he wrestles really, really good guys close. He beats up on the guys you know that are that are his level. Um, he's got you know the wins over like like guys like Jordan Decatur and and, and Boo Dryden who Decatur lost to. Um, he's kind of like at the Sammy Alvarez level. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's a great level to be at. Yeah, they wrestled. I mean, th- th- yeah, they 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 they've had some battles. So yeah. But he's been a big difference maker for them. I think what you've seen from Chad Red this year, especially the the second half of the season, um, uh, Purinton, what he's been able to do his you know turnaround very impressive. Um, and then obviously you have Isaiah White. And Labriola and Vins and Schultz and Hilger, which is probably as good as a back half that you could have in Hil- college wrestling. Hilger's a Wisconsin guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, You're talking about Jensen. Jensen. Never mind. Forget yeah. that. Uh, forget I said that. So anyway, those four guys. Yeah, I think, through 97 I, I, I think they have a solid team. Um, Ohio State. I think that they really didn't pull any upsets, and yet they finished third. I think they finished third, basically, probably wrestling to their seed. And in fact, actually. Lost the match at forty nine. Um, they maybe. I mean, I guess maybe you consider Romero over Skaska an upset, but you know, it, other than that, they they really just coin flip. Malik Heinzelman's the only one that wrestled above his seat. I'm pretty sure. They, Besides Pletcher, I think they did as best as they could have. They held serve. You knew that. I, I mean, honestly, the two weights in question more than anything was thirty three and fifty seven. All right, twenty five as well, but. The way Good the weight job, class in one twenty, with the way one twenty five is in the Big Tens this year, and we'll finish you know finish that up in here in a second. It, and Heinzelman 
the season that he had last year, he had a chance. All right, he yep. he did what he should have done. They qualified eight out of ten weights. It's the best that they could have done, really. For this yeah, year, yeah, for I'm, this I'll year. take eight. It's, hey, it's pretty good. Good job to Malik. We've we've been tough on him this year, and he did a really nice job at this tournament. He, he did. really did. He, he really did. It all turned around with that win over Meredith at the duel on the road that I ah, tried to hype up in that it. podcast. Yeah. But you, <laughs> what the hell up with Camacho beating Euler though? Now yeah. we're going ACC real quick, so strap in. Well, I mean, yeah, so speaking of 125. That's going to mess this whole freaking bracket up. I don't think it does. Okay, talk to me now. I, I mean, what it does is, uh, before that, I think your 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 two and three was going to be Gloria Mueller. Now, nah, who's two and who's three now? Now Mueller's the Good three instead point. of the two. Um, Piccinini has two losses. The thing is, do they want to give Piccinini the three or Mueller the four? I, I mean, Ooh, but, so it does matter. You know, one's twenty six and two. One's thirteen and one. One won their conference. The other didn't. Um, Mueller's going to be the four. There, there is definitely a case for it. He's going to be the four. I can guarantee it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. It, it really will. You don't think Mueller's the four there, huh? I'm. I, I don't know. I don't have enough information in front of me. I know that. Um, what I do know is that Mueller doesn't have enough matches to qualify for an RPI. I believe he's only got fourteen matches. Takes fifteen, I think. So it's going to be interesting. So Piccinini could be the three, Mueller the four, Glory the two though. Yeah, he's undefeated at the conference champ. He's twenty four zero. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And Pitch lost to Lee only. He's got two losses this year. Um, he lost to Spencer Lee. And he oh, he lost to Glory. He lost to he Glory. Lost to glory hole. Yeah, Glory beat him up. Yeah, he lost to Glory Hole. Glory Hole didn't get a takedown that match. Why are you calling him Glory Hole? It's funny. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um. I didn't expect Camacho to beat to beat Mueller. That's, That's just weird. Just, this is just a guys. We're gonna tell you this ten times at least before the next time before the NCAA's could happen. We know nothing. The only thing we know is that we know nothing. We can talk about all of this, but there is going to be crazy upsets. Did you just quote Bill and Ted's? Seriously? Did I? All that we know. Never mind. No. No. Keep going. Seriously. There's going to be crazy upsets at the NCAA tournament that that make it so fun. And this weight class is unlike any other 125-pound weight class I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. It's it's just not deep. Really, the bottom if, line is, though, you, you want to be the – you don't want to be on the least side because it's a race for second. I hate to say it, but it's a race for second. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, depending on who makes the finals, of course. Yeah, you don't want to be on his – you don't want to be yeah, on his I mean, side. if you've got a shot to make the finals, you want to be on the least yeah, side. you'd rather be – a six than a four or five seed. For sure. Yeah. You know, that's the interesting thing. For sure. I mean, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, your four and five is probably going to end up being probably Schroeder and and Mueller, maybe. Pe- yeah, Schroeder and Mueller? Yeah. You know, because I think pe- uh, the Lehigh, Petzl or whatever, he didn't win Petzl? his conference, right? No, Petzl lost to the dude from Columbia. He got splayed. He did. Jo- Mancio. I watched the match. Oh, yeah. Mancho splayed on him. Mancho looked good at the conference tournament. Now we're getting off on a freaking big tangent where we did this. We watch a lot, guys, we watch a lot more wrestling. We watch a lot more wrestling than we talk about. We <laughs> just not enough time. So, anyway, um, either way it goes, at the end of the day, this is uh, this weight class is, is a one man weight class. It's Spencer Lee all day. Yeah. And honestly, I think Spencer Lee wins the Olympic spot as well. I agreed. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. Hey. What a hell of a season. And it's arrived, baby. The next time we'll, you and I are talking on the mic, we will have a fresh set of inked-out NCAA brackets in front of us, and we'll be talking about who we got 
in the All-Americans. Oh, man, it takes so long to fill those brackets out. I'll fill them. It does take so long. I love it, though. I fill them out front to back. So after conferences, Ben, give me your top four teams. Just right now, without looking up NCAA brackets, after conferences, who are your top four teams based on who we know has qualified and what their qualifiers did? Iowa, Ohio, or excuse me, Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, and God, I like North Carolina State's ability to score. I just, I like, they've got some bullets in the chamber. What about you? I don't know, man. Iowa, Penn State, definitely. Um, Ohio State, if they keep doing what they're doing, they get a trophy this year. Yeah. It's that fourth spot. You know, is it a is it a Nebraska? I I can't see four Big Ten teams take, sweeping the sweeping That'd the trophies. Me, yeah. You know, a Virginia a Virginia Tech, a North Carolina State, Oklahoma State is definitely not the Oklahoma State that we're used to seeing. Um, it's it's whoever. Obviously, there's a a group of teams, and they're going to be so tight. It's going to be fun to follow, which makes me not get too excited about Nebraska because typically they don't right. perform that great at the tournament. So I'll, well, NC State, you know, I guess. Princeton's got some horses. I mean, they're they kind of falling off a little bit. Quincy Monday, Kaladzic, Glory. Brookie, who's kind of falling off, you know. I mean, there's, there's when you only got three there. or four guys, you need champs. Right, there's horses out there. If you get, if you got four guys that make the finals, you you got a good shot of getting a trophy, but you got you got to get four of them to make the finals. So man, that's that's really all I got about this. You know, it was it, it's been a phenomenal season. The conference tournaments are not without just excitement, and we are at the precipice of the NCAA tournament. I can't wait for it, man. I hope you have a great time. We're gonna obviously before we, before we sign sign off next time, do all of the the brackets. I'm so excited to see these brackets. It's I'm going to freaking watch Selection Show. I'm going to fill out those brackets. I know you're going to do the same. I can't wait. Guys, it's time, baby. This is it. And you know what? That's all I got to say about that, Brandon. All right. Well, that's all we got, guys. Episode number 115 of the Insight Your Wrestling Podcast. In the books, again, over two hours. If there's anything we've done well this year, it's taking up a lot of space on your iPhones. As always, don't wind up on your back, bros. (laughs) 